no one would ever no one would ever save no one would ever say no one would ever trade Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very pivotal milestone episode of TMNT Shellcast. We are at episode 50 of the podcast. Congratulations to us for making it this far. What do you guys think about that? I mean, wow, half, century mark. half century mark. I'm celebrating with a Topo Chico. No free ads. Ooh. Wow. No free ads. Uh, put a little lime in there to celebrate number 50. So drink responsibly. Is is that an alcoholic Topo Chico? No, it's just uh, the standard. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. It does look refreshing. A, I had a Topo Chico. The bubble's going fucking crazy. Have you had it, Chris? I've never had a Topo Chico. No. It's so wow. good. I love it. It's been mentioned time and time again on this podcast. So yeah. we are unofficially huge fans of Topo Chico. Yeah. I'm officially yeah. a huge fan. So Chris can't yeah, nice. say one way or the other. I can't, but I appreciate Andrew bringing a little bubbly to a festive episode. Um, before we get, listen, we got state of the pod for you. We got what I thought was a great episode. Uh, Usagi Yojimbo season three, episode 32. But before we get to all of that, I would like to clear the air on a, a slanderous Instagram post that was put up uh, earlier this week that seemed to indicate two things. One, a delay of the episode recording, which is true. We were delayed this week, as you guys know, by the time this comes out, <clears throat> but it seemed to imply that the reasoning, the impetus behind the delay was that I was sick, which I was sick, but I did. And I believe this is documented. I was willing to tough it out for the fans, for the foot clan. And I believe not to point fingers at John, but John had requested maybe delaying the recording a little bit. John, would mm. you like to defend yourself? Well, Chris, as everybody knows, it's tax season. And so work's a little busy for us certified public accountants, even though I don't do tax. So been putting in some late nights, doing the work, pushing. Someone's got to count the beans and someone's got to count the bean counters, if you know what I'm saying. So those pencils aren't going to push themselves around. So I apologize. But you were sick. I was sick. And that brings me to point number two of this and I'll get to Andrew in a second, the the mastermind behind this post, uh, which claimed that I was the first one sick in this year, which, again, I would have to say is false and not to point more fingers at John. But I believe John was sick as soon as humanly possible in the new year. I think New Year's Day you were hacking and wheezing. So, well, what ca does it count? when I first showed symptoms, because that was in 2020. That was last year. I haven't been sick since last year. 
No, I think you have to have admitted to yourself that you were sick is when the clock starts. That may have been New Year's Day, but it's hard yeah. to know. All I know <laughs> it's is hard, it's hard to tell. The Baldy Bros have been renamed the Sick Bros. Listen, the Baldy Brothers, we all know there's one weakness that takes the Baldy Brothers down, and that is the hair. dryer vent <laughs> and, and hair for John. So, listen, I was <laughs> sick. I may be still getting over this illness. I have some cough drops on deck. I will try not to abuse. Um, but since I am hosting this episode, maybe bear with me a little bit. What kind of cough drops? I so everyone knows the best flavor of cough drops is what do you guys think? Lemon mint. Oh no. I like the Hall's citrus cough drops. Chris is gonna say those cherry lozenges. Ludens. Like, Ludens, yeah. So they didn't have uh the Ludens like they weren't at the gas station. I stopped that, so I went Hall's, but I did go cherry flavor because everyone knows cherry's the best. You know, I want to try the citrus four of those a day. John, I suck these down like they're Skittles. All right. So. They give you, they, this, read the package. It's supposed to be a um, laxative if you yeah, eat too many. Good. Well, it's been working. Pump it out of the system. Listen, if I read every label and stuck to what they tell you to do, I you'd never get anything consumed. All right. So I'm just saying. Before we get too far into this, because uh, I do want to get to the state of the pod out of the gate, but. I would be remiss if I didn't punish myself with a little pizza punishment here. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you remind us what I spun, if you can recall, or John, whoever wants to jump in. Yes, I recall. I recall. So the first thing that happened was Chris lost the pole and therefore was sent to the wheel. I believe that was correct, or maybe not. Um, yeah, but that's correct. On the first spin, he landed something that then got respun. I believe it was. Was that true? Maybe I don't remember. All, all I know is it ended up with microwaved pizza with anchovies on top. Is what he got. How he got there is to be determined. Honestly, I threw remember. a little combo slice at him. Yeah, combo. That's what it was. Yeah, John combo sliced me. He, I think I got anchovies first. Then he tried to up the ante, landed me on microwave pizza, which I I vowed to make a homemade pizza. As you guys know, I always do. I was restricted this week. So all you had to do is microwave it. You could have made a homemade pizza, chilled it, and or froze it, and then microwaved it. Well, John, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I have a feeling what I'm about to do is a little controversial. I'm about to explain here. And I didn't, I could have made a homemade pizza and microwave it after, but knowing that this might be a little controversial, I wanted to keep some elements of the pizza as pure as possible. So I microwaved the pizza, my famous Elio's pizza, even though I discovered today it's not recommended anywhere on, it actually advises against microwaving an Elio's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to do it, and I found out why. Rule breaker, um, Chris. Wow. Yeah. The cheese, there's a little situation with the cheese, but... You melt the dish in the microwave. <laughs> I, there was a, I had to stop the microwave before the allotted time because there were smells coming out of it that concerned me. It sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, but I, and I think I said this when we spun it. 
we've eaten a lot of anchovies on this pod. Every which way but loose, we've had fresh, canned, you name it, we've eaten them that Swedish way. Swedish fish. Yeah, Swedish fish. So I yeah. wanted to maybe open up the interpretation of anchovy a little bit. And what is, when we when you say anchovy, ancho, anchovy, everyone knows ancho chili peppers are a thing. It's bullshit. So wait, I'm not done yet. So what I did, what I've done for everyone, I did mix a little bit of anchovy into this. But we have a, a microwave pizza with an anchovy on here. That's ancho chili crisp with a little bit of anchovy <laughs> mixed in. Juice. Look how wet that pizza looks. That's yeah. Disgusting. So here's I, I'm afraid to dip this because I don't want to get it all over. When you microwave an Elio's pizza, the cheese enters a physical state that I don't know what it is. It wasn't liquid. It wasn't solid. But when I opened the microwave, I just switched plates. <laughs> the plate was covered entirely in a thin layer of cheese that had then like it was sizzling all over the place. So there's not much left on here. It's like when you uh, go to the uh, Mexican restaurants and get the fajita dish, and it's just like... What are we? I walked up to the microwave. I smelled it first, and then it was just sizzling and popping in there. And I was afraid that the plate had cracked or something. So a little ancho. Again, see the V formation? Ancho V on the microwave pizza. I'm going to mute myself while I eat this. You guys may discuss. I mean... Asterisk you might away, get John. banished to the fucking pizza wheel again for that blasphemy. He made it. He just made a good pizza. It's, it's chili crisp. Are you shitting me? In the shape of a V. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, and he definitely didn't mix any anchovy in there. That's a that's a farce. It was an absolute <laughs> lie. He did the essence of anchovy. I mixed it in. There's a little bit in there. An enjoyable amount of anchovy, perhaps. It's hard to taste, I would say. It's a little overpowered by the chili crisp. This pizza is delicious. If I do say so myself. It's unbelievable. Ooh. I just I'm speechless, honestly. There was talk that if someone didn't meet the spirit of a pizza that they would have to redo. I might <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think well, first of all, microwave pizza is just awful. We all know that. Uh, Hot Pockets were featured on an earlier episode, maybe like 10 or 15 ago. And those struggle in the microwave. Celeste Do you mean pizzas. Pizza Puffs, Andrew? Pizza Puff? Not yeah, Hot Pocket? Puff. Yeah. Um, and then Celeste Pizza was the other one that we used to do in the, I feel like in the microwave from time to time. Never came out good. Crust is always tough. So, how is the texture more so than anything, Chris, on that pizza? Listen, microwave pizza, everyone knows, unless you're doing the Mama Celeste with the little disc underneath, there's no crunch. It's just mush. So, the chili crisp with anchovy, the anchovy chili crisp was a nice textural contrast, I will say. Wow. So, that's listen. Great interpretation by me. And really, if you think about it, I'm doing it not for my own benefit, but for the listeners who, how many times can you watch somebody eat an anchovy 
pizza. You know, mix it up a little bit, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> did you did you give it a score or, or did I miss no, it? No, no, I would pay. <laughs> uh, honestly, six dollars and seventy three cents for that slice. All right, I'm disappointed. That's all I have to say about that. Wow. Well, listen, I I think it was a nice uh, change of pace for the listeners. And with that being said, I don't know if Andrew has this stat, but it's the 50th episode, as we mentioned. So let's get right into the state of the pod. If you guys remember, we did one at episode 25 with some updates. Andrew, I will kick it over to you. Take it away. Welcome back to Say the Pod, the second rendition. Uh, last one was at 25, so I encourage you to go back, listen to 25. This will be much different. Um, however, the general idea is we just give listeners an update on how the podcast is doing, and uh, I'm going to jump right into it. So this won't be gamified as it were the first time, but what I'm going to do is start with our Spotify analytics. So, number one is place. Anyone have a guess? We'll just do a little guessing game, rapid fire. Guess on place. Total Spotify plays? Yeah. 30, no, 2,900. No, it's uh, 3,738. The drama's pretty close there. That lands us at 54 plays per episode on average. Uh, with an audience size of 55 over the last seven days. Wow. How you doing? So uh, welcome to anyone that's new. If you are, I mean, we've got some great episodes for you in these first 50 in particular. This one's also a great one. Um, but what's new this time is Spotify also added impressions and followers, uh, follower stats. So the impressions, uh, we've got just shy of 6,500. So 6,469 in the last 30 days. Can't look wow. any further than that. And then Spotify followers, we are at 110. We broke the 100 mark, the milestone marker, a little while ago. So That's pretty good. 100 yeah. people, 110 people are getting alerts from us. We're showing yeah. up in their new episodes feed in Spotify. Yeah. They might even be waiting. They're anticipating us coming on. Yeah. And I am now sharing the screen. This is a little behind the scenes look because we have uh, geographic this locations. Crazy. We did we did this um, did this a while ago, but I just I'm going to run through it real quick here. We're not going to do the guessing game, but uh, number one geographic location for listeners is United States at 83 percent. The UK is at four. Australia is at three. Canada at two. The Netherlands. Shout out at Toronto, two. Dave. Yes, that's, Toronto, Dave, that's Toronto Dave. It's all Toronto Dave up there. Absolutely. And then we've got a whole bunch under one percent. I'm just going to go. Gretzky. We don't know. Down the list. Uh, I'm going to say the country. First thing that comes to your mind. You guys just blurt it out. All right. Germany. Wiener Schnitzel. Sausage. Ireland. Potato. Potatoes. New Zealand. Kiwi. Lord of the Rings. Denmark. 
And Frank. Wooden clogs. Spain. Ooh, Clams. Wine. Norway. Roald Dahl. Fjords. Mexico. Cactus. Brazil. Soccer. The Amazon. France. Wine. Croissant. Croissant? South Africa. Sharks. Mandela. Japan. My uh, wife. The, <laughs> what's the thing? <laughs> per, pagoda? Pagoda. Serbia. Uh, Montenegro. Yeah. <laughs> Italy. I went there. Pasta. <laughs> Netherlands. Uh, Holland. Purple. Finland. Fish. Yeah, I guess. Indonesia. Indonesia. Just I think of the map of all the islands. islands. Yeah. Austria. Uh, the Winter Olympics. Argentina. That was a nice one, John. Light blue. Messy. Messy. India. Cricket. Yeah, cricket. Croatia. Game of Thrones. I don't know. Israel. Just Jewish people, I guess. Taiwan. Made in Taiwan. Mm. Definitely the the gold sticker on the bottom of those things that says made in Taiwan, yeah. Yeah. Switzerland. Swiss Army Knife. Sweden. Blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched... um, What's the one with Will Ferrell where he's Swedish and he's a singer with um, Rachel McAdams? John Paul, Eurovision. Yeah, Eurovision. Eurovision. John introduced me to Eurovision. Hilarious. (laughs) I forgot about that movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you've seen that? (laughs) Yeah, I completely forgot it. I think I saw it because you recommended it. Yeah. I forgot it existed until just now. (laughs) Cayman Islands. Uh, offshore bank accounts. Ooh, hotels. Romania. Wait, definitely dragons. Yeah, actually, that's good. I was thinking uh, Victor Kroom, but I think he's from nice. Bulgaria. Egypt. Pyramids. Yeah. Camels. Qatar. Cutter. It's Soccer. Cutter. That's what I think every time. Belgium. Waffles. Algeria. Uh, like British World War Two. Yeah, definitely the Fez caps. Phil- Philippines. Uh, purple ice cream. What's yeah, that? Lush, lush green islands. Purple yam. Yeah. Ken- Kenya. Marathons. Elephants. Colombia. Cocaine. Coffee. And Turkey. Turkey <laughs> and Singapore, crazy rich Asian uh, fish. All right, well that's that. So I mean, there's a lot. So hello to everyone in all the countries that you listen to us at. Uh, pretty impressive. I think we've more than like doubled, probably tripled, the number of countries we've listened to. Maybe some, US. yeah, maybe some expats out there that just Perhaps. need a little fixing of their turtles. Perhaps. But uh, hello, 
and uh, moving <laughs> on now. So moving Hello. on to platforms. <laughs> um, Spotify made a big push. So Apple Podcast is still number one, about 33.6%. Spotify, number two at 32.2%. Amazon Music at 13.7%. That's impressive. Uh, Audible at 4.2%. Web Browser at 2.7%. And then Other is this 13.6%. Web Browser. <clears throat> yep. I still don't even know what Amazon Music is. A great question. What do you mean? Those those that are listening, you should uh, call into the TMNT Shellcast Trocom voicemail by following the link in any of our social media bios or going to tmntshellcast.com slash Trocom and uh, tell Chris, what is Apple Music? How do you get to it? He's interested. He's intrigued. Um, all right. And then a couple the more other... I think about it, the more mind-blowing it is that we have had two TurtleCom voicemails come in and they were both on the same day. Literally lightning struck that day. Yeah. It happened twice actually because when Chris and I recorded our first one, it was on the same day featuring the same episode, wasn't it? You mean yeah. Don Tertelli? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the second, yeah, the second rendition, it was um, Steve and... Who's the other, other dude? The mailman. No, Steve's the mailman. Steve's uh, the mailman. John, you were chatting with him. You were DMing him. Yeah. I thought. It was all TikTok. TikTok. Hello, Justin. I don't think that was his name. I think you just thought that was his name. Yeah. But Phil States the or right something guy. like that. No, Steve States. Steve States. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> We've how, but how quickly we forget. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Gender, male dominated, almost 90%. Females hovering around five. So that's expected. Uh, age, our number one demographic, about half our listeners are 28 to 34. So that includes John and Chris, no longer includes I uh, or me. Yeah. Now I'm in the 35 to 44 bracket, at which is 39.6%. And then we've got 5.2% uh, was 23 to 27 year olds. 3.2% 45 to 59. Um, 1.3% of listeners were 18 to 22 years old. 0.7% are 0 to 17. We don't recommend that. We actually don't um, promote that. This is a explicit podcast. So I think you got to be 18. To swear? Uh, yeah. No, just to listen to it, like technically. So. Uh, and then last but not least, shout out to Cokeman Kaz for uh, rolling in the 0.3% of listenership for the 60 plus demographic. So shout out to the boomers out there. Those are the tortoises, not the turtles. <laughs> yep. The tortoises. And what everyone came here for, the most interesting statistic, episode rankings. So, Turtle Tracks is near nearing 400 streams, which is kind of crazy on Spotify. Uh, the trailer just eclipsed 300. Bonus episode, Mutant Mayhem, nearing 200. And then we've got episode two, Enter the Shredder. Episode three, I think about rats. And episode 33, Take Me to Your Leader, all over the century mark. Wow. 
So pretty impressive. Uh, a lot of these are, yeah, in the 100 milestone. What's the worst episode, you ask? Episode 23, Sky Turtles. Fuck, that was mine. Was a Chris. Uh, episode 38, <laughs> Camera Bugged. That was also Chris, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> episode number 47, Camera Bugged. Is that, is I think camera that was bug, also Chris. Is Camera Bugged the episode that John fell asleep in that the middle of? Frip. Frip. Because <laughs> it was that, so bad. Oh, it was so bad. I think Sky Turtles was the these one. Are all, these are all that Chris. That came out, and then Andrew like released an episode like the next day. <laughs> Chris the Evil Eye. Was that Chris too? Or was that John? All right. Now we're just fucking slandering. <clears throat> the fifth turtle was mine. Yep. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you, I don't think the Maltese hamster was mine. I think that was John's. That was me. That was no, me. John. Well, either way, we got some hovering around 26. So fuck Michelangelo's birthday. Look at that. Who was that? I mean, that came out like we just did last that. week. We just did yeah. that. Yeah. Just cruising. That was me. Yeah. Why did oh, yeah. Sky Turtles do so bad? I don't know well, what Sky Turtles was. That's where they float in the air, remember? The pizza yeah, makes them like... super light or something. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't remember that episode at all. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey's floating in the air. He's eating pizza and he steps on the scale and like floats away. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, because there's an anti-gravity. It's the anti-gravity switch episode. Remember, they're up in the sky, and then Bebop and Rocksteady have the gravity boots? Come on. It's a classic, oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> well, All right. well, that was the Spotify. <clears throat> now, I will also share the YouTube behind the scenes. So This is where I really shine. This is my BTS. people. <clears throat> so we just eclipsed 2,000 views so far, which is kind of wild. Incredible. Yeah. Quite incredible. So 2.1k views, watch time, 241 hours. It's pretty impressive. And we have 27 subscribers. Nice. Shout out everyone on YouTube. Top Shout content. To We're looking at episode one at 126 views. With no episode, video, mind you. Yeah, no video. It's quite wild. Um, that caused a uh, lot of tension. Yeah. And just a little behind the scenes, a lot of tension on over that yeah, video. I don't even. I, that's so far in the past. I hardly remember that because it was all your fault. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm a <laughs> next play guy. Can't change the past. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then rounding out the top five on YouTube, Team and T Shellcast number eleven, Case of the Killer Pizzas at eighty two views. Number fifteen, New York's Shiniest at eighty one. Burns Blues at 66 and Camera Bugged at 61. So that's a oh, that's thing. look that's at that. Like quite popular. Um, <laughs> Sky Turtles too at 61 views. So that's I drive people to the YouTube. That's what I do. Numbers. You, you may, you may. I'm stat padding on YouTube, baby. I know, just fucking clicking away. <laughs> Big Earn. Co Big L, whatever his name is couple other stats from YouTube impressions. We've had almost nine, uh, almost a. Hundred thousand impressions all time on YouTube. Uh, click through rate one point two percent. Average view duration six minutes and fifty three seconds. <laughs> not, so, great. <laughs> not great. It's, not hey, great. Hey, listen, it for counts two, as a play. You got to keep them for a minute. Two hour podcast. We get six minutes. Yeah, 
Yeah, Dude, just seeing who hosted it. If it's John and Andrew, they X out. <laughs> okay, Chris. And that's really it for YouTube. There's not a whole lot. We've got 27 subscribers. Um, audience stats aren't all that great just because we don't have a whole lot of data compared to the hmm. podcast. So that may be a great opportunity in 24 to really encourage people to listen on both the YouTube, which I think Chris does. Chris says he listens on U- on Spotify and then watches on YouTube. Correct. Simulcast it. Yeah. I'm a power, uh, power, con- power user. I don't know if there's a name for it. Hmm. Well, Andrew, I've, yep. I did a little, uh, little diving into the poll situation here. Did a little number tally. Right. So we've had 29 total polls on TikTok. Not sure if that if that actually jives with when we switched over from Twitter to X to TikTok. But regardless, 29 polls. Chris and I have been in 20 of those polls. Andrew, you've been in 18. So that checks out. That math works. All-time records. Andrew, seven wins, 11 losses. So wow, not faring not too well in the winning, polls. Not a great winning percentage there. And then Chris and I both, same record, we're both 11 and 9. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what we are head-to-head? Head, or are we just beating up on Andrew? Oh, I didn't do the head-to-head. <clears throat> um. But I think, Chris, you and I have gone head-to-head a decent amount. I probably should have done that. Anyways, total number of votes. So we've had 29 polls. That's 2,200 votes in those polls, which is actually pretty solid if I think about it. There's been some clunkers. That's over 100 on average, right? 77 on average. Just shy. Average, Average votes per poll. So this takes into account how many you've been in. Low man on the totem pole, Andrew, naturally. 29 votes. Chris, second with 41. John, the high man, with 45. So, and we've had two, two polls that have gone over 200 votes total. And I've been the winner of both of them. Do you guys hazard a guess? At, do you remember which two polls those were? One of them was, didn't you say, there was one explicit poll that got a lot of votes. It was like booty and something. That was one of them, I think, right? Yeah, what's it? Money, what's better money when it's big or booty? something? Uh, yeah, bonus or booty or something like that, right? That was only that had one? 34. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's very low. One was recent, the, though. I know one was recently. Yeah. The poll before last got 203. What's the greatest invention? The wheel ones. And then way back when, what is the best aroma? I said fresh baked cookies. Andrew said clean linen. So I'm curious what, because this week I think was what's the worst aroma. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what the vote total came in at when we get there. Yeah. Nice. Any other stats, Sean, from the polls? Um, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, I've got a little bit 
from the pizza pole or not pizza pole, the pizza scoreboard. Um, didn't do anything too crazy here. However, we've got some tallies. So thanks to John and his handy Excel work. Um, Andrew has eaten pizza 16 times as the primary. John, 14, Chris, 16. Uh, oh, pretty even. Yeah, we, and we all have a handful of bonus, but I'm just going to cover the main ones here. So the high, John at 10. Perfect score. We all know what it was. It'll never go away. The Cocoa, <laughs> Cocoa Puff Pizza. pizza. Yeah. What was, do we know the second highest? <clears throat> uh, I could tell you. Hot dog stuffed crust. Oh yeah, that was nine fifty nine. Yeah, and then yes. meatball is your other nine dollar nine oh one with meatball. Wow, and then uh, your lowest score was anchovy and peanut butter at three. Um, and chocolate chip and caramel fudge was at three dollars and fifty cents. So those are your hmm. two lowest. Um, your average, John. Want to give it a guess? Your average pizza score. I want to say like six six twenty one. 686. Ooh. Um, second highest score would be Chris, brother number three, if you go in order of age. Um, because that and was also mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh <laughs> yes. So Chris, your highest scored pizza, nine dollars and seventy two cents. It is squid. Squid pizza. Yeah, what a delicious pizza that was. The Homemade, might I add. Yeah. He made he, the squid? Johnny can't make squid, I'm not God. He caught it. He <laughs> caught it out of the sea. He cooked it. it up. Uh, at $9.03, double cherry pie. Double cherry pie. That was good. And that one was, was kind cool. of fucking bullshit, honestly, that pizza. Yeah. What <laughs> are you fucking talking about? You got... The f- that was bullshit. That pizza. you've been, had a couple oh, cherry, very cherry hand pie. You're walking on thin ice, is all I'm saying. Oh. You're the wrath of pizza gods about to come down upon Go ahead. you. I'm eating the most. <laughs> I fucking had desiccated liver. Get that. Get that one up there. Yes. So let's talk about all the ones under three dollars. Uh, desiccated liver at one dollar. Yeah. Melted. I put my time in, John. I put my time in on the shit end of the pizza wheel. <laughs> Yeah, so that was $1. Melted mozzarella, anchovy, and butterscotch ice cream was $0.53. Cents. And taking the cake for Chris is the worst. At $0.32 cents was tofu and bean sprout. Yeah. So Canned bean sprouts I ate for you fucking clowns. No one said yeah. they had to be canned. They didn't have fresh. <laughs> they didn't have them. So you should have gone to the Super 88. What... Is your average score? I think I'm probably lower than John. So I would say six oh three. Six dollars and thirty-seven cents, which is less than John. That's correct. And uh now yours truly high of nine dollars and two cents. That would be wow, a tie. I don't know if that could be right. Doesn't seem it. I could have had a typo here, but it would be shredded mozzarella at nine dollars and two cents. My other nine dollar plus is pepperoni and ice cream at nine dollars. Seems high. 
I remember pepperoni. thinking the pepperoni looked good on that one. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Um, under $3 for me, I only have one. And it says pepperoni and ice cream. So I think my scores somehow are messed up. $2. Yeah, something's sure off because you ate some, you ate anchovies. So you ate some gross stuff. Yeah, let me see here. What's going on? Banana. You had like banana and anchovy or something. Yeah, I think so. I got to. Maybe I'll repeat this oh. next episode just to uh, clarify. But uh, my average is $6.59. So we're all kind of within 50 cents of each other. I think this was also the same when we did the 25. Like I was really impressed that we're all within, I mean, yeah, literally 50 cents, 49 cents. So yeah, I think my takeaway is John needs to eat more bad pizzas. If he had caramel fudge and chocolate chip at like $3. I just, I'm grading on a different scale, it seems. Perhaps, but that's that for the state of the pod. So, um, again, very grateful for the listenership. I think John had said we're going to hit 6,000 streams this year. Is that? I said 10,000. 10,000? Life to date in we're yeah. hit. So at the end of 24, we'll um, we'll review that. So we've got six just over 6,000 views to go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andrew, for the state of the pod. We will now get into this week's episode. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, we're reviewing or recapping season three, episode 32, Usagi Yojimbo. I've been waiting for this one. He's been mentioned a few times on here, I think, primarily in some of Andrew's uh, NECA toy breakdowns. So let's get into it. John, right on cue, ready to sleep. (laughs) But maybe it's fitting because this episode opens and we have a full moon above New York City. And the turtles are popping out of the sewer manhole and they're in their trench coats. And pants. We get more pants right out of the gate. No shoes, though. So they step out, blue jeans, trench coat, and they're off to return a movie. And what movie is that for a pizza power-up? First one to answer gets a combo slice. Radioactive salamander that nibbled New York. Thank you. Wow. Andrew nailed it. John, if you could please update the Trello while I'm hosting. And because what you lost, that that's your punishment. That was for a combo slice. So Andrew's correct. They're off to return the radioactive salamander that nibbled New York, but there's a problem, and that problem is that they're too late and the video store has closed. So they need to keep this thing on rent one more day, which Mikey is thrilled about because he seems to love this movie. So they go to turn around. And a portal opens right behind them. And who steps out of this portal, John? General Trag. General My jaw dropped. Yeah. I was that not. Was I don't think anybody was prepared to see General Trag at this point. He steps out of the portal and just open fires his laser blaster on the turtles. And they duck and they dodge and they try and engage him in combat. But. 
they go right through him. So he appears to be some sort of hologram. And just as soon as he arrived, he disappears back into the portal. And they're left scratching their heads. They don't know what to do. But Donnie, he comes right to the conclusion that Krang has to be messing around with his dimensional portal again. Because as we all know, General Trag is in Dimension X. So he must have somehow come through the portal and uh, found them in the streets. Did we know that GT was in Dimension X? I don't think so. Uh, Did we? I don't know. I don't remember. Perhaps. Perhaps. um, I think didn't the last Neutrinos episode, weren't they there when they got like shepherded back into the portal or whatever? Isn't that how he got back? Yeah. Something like that. The Neutrinos were involved, but even more involved is the fact that the pants disappear in the scene when Trag appears. I don't know if you noticed that. It went from pants in the like out of, coming out of the sewers to no pants and uh yeah the radioactive salamander that nibbled new york it's <laughs> great just it's great i it was so great in fact that's why i wrote it down and there was even like a pause in the camera where raf like holds it up you know he's like oh great we're gonna have to return this videotape and then it zooms in so i don't know what that was all about but I remember that. Yeah. And then uh, Trag, I did think it was weird at first because there was something, some foreshadowing right away that made it seem like, is it, is it really him? Yeah. And that's kind of what everyone's wondering. So the turtles, we cut to the next scene and they're in Donnie's lab, which the detail in the animation at this point, they've done a good job of outfitting his lab a little bit more. And, Donnie's basically saying, listen, we need to get in touch with the neutrinos because they will know what's going on with Dimension X and Trag. Maybe they can, you know, let us know what Krang is doing. And at the same time, he unveils a portal machine that he's been working on by himself, apparently. And he says, this thing works, but I have never tested it. So you just have to trust me. And he goes to throw the lever to turn it on, and the lever just snaps off in his hand. So, appears to be not one of his greater inventions. Very fragile steel, or whatever the hell that thing was made out of. Aluminum, perhaps. Yeah, I... I'm kind of wondering why we haven't gotten a lot of Dimension X stuff. Like, wasn't it... It was the beginning of Season 3, or... This was season end of season two where the neutrinos showed up, but it's been a while. Like, I, f- I feel like it's been a while. So I'm excited about all the Dimension X stuff. I, we've got Donnie with another invention, so I'm buckled in and ready, ready for launch. Yeah, it has been. We haven't had any portal action at all in a long time. So if you like portals, this is the episode for you because we now cut to. The Technodrome and Krang, I wrote the word, he's lambasting Shredder in the Technodrome and he's hammering him with questions about, he says, what in the blazes happened, Shredder? Why did you bring over General Trag? Why are you fooling around with my portal? Why didn't he materialize fully? So right out of the gate, it's clear that Krang is not behind whatever's going on and he's just trying to figure it out just as much as the turtles are. 
Yeah. Do do we know how they have enough power for this thing? They clean this, the outside. Has this been the struggle the whole time? Is enough power like to? Yeah. When did they get in the portal? When did they get power? Actually, that's a good point. Because that like stopped being an issue. I don't even remember when. Was it the when they get the nuclear sub power? Is that we just everything's up and running now? Maybe yeah. When they drained that battery and then it got flooded, like maybe they had enough to do some stuff. I don't know, but I I, I don't know if it was just me or if we because of the break we've taken over the holidays that I just forgot. But either way, impressive that Shredder's got this bad boy running and Krang. He's like not even involving Krang whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So Shredder's like Krang settle settle down. This he calls it the transporter. So it appears to be a new separate machine from Krang's portal. But he well, he says he says the transporter is a newer version on our old transdimensional portal. And the biggest difference is it can transport objects to a predetermined location. So instead of having to walk through Krang's giant screen in the Technodrome, he can pick and choose where he wants things to appear, which I mean, not to give Shredder too much credit, that's a fucking awesome advancement it's also like like he it's almost like he's in a turret gun aiming this thing at the big screen to show where he wants to transport it so not only does it like transport it wherever a predetermined location but it's also like interactive that you can just aim it at a map and shoot people there that's pretty fucking awesome yeah and his little tokyo is that a thing I mean that's a pl- that's a thing, right? In, it's usually like Japan Town, they call it J Town. Japan Town, okay. Yeah. So in this universe, he calls it Little Tokyo Town, which he's looking at Krang's giant map projected onto the screen. So he tells Krang, "Hey, I improved our transport module or our transporter, and I've dis- he says I've discovered the location of something I've been searching for since I left Japan." And then pan over to Little Tokyo Town, which is just flashing on the map. And he points his transporter at it and fires it, fires at it, turns it on. And this is at the same time, we're we're made to believe this is the same exact time. Topside, Donnie is turning on his transport module. Not sure, whatever little, transporter. Little Tokyo Town reminds me of Little T in one track Mike. <laughs> Andrew. Wow. What song well, do they sing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um I'm not gonna remember, but you're gonna say it and I'm immediately going to remember. Yeah. I want I'll i I'll tell I'll sing you a lyric. How about that? Yeah, sing me a lyric. <laughs> Shaniqua don't live here no more. Is Shaniqua there? Hell no. Yeah. Shaniqua. <laughs> Uh, yeah. would be the name of that song. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. I just remember he had a weird hairdo. He had like one little tassel on his, like one little dreadlock on his head. Um, but yeah, little Tokyo town. So shredder fires and aim, aims and fires. Donnie throws the lever at the same time, top side and shredders machine immediately starts to go haywire and it's like bumping and smokes coming out or whatever. And Krang is he's loving this. He's questioning if this thing even works. Uh, in front of Shredder. And meanwhile, the Turtles portal opens. Start saying that five times fast. Turtles portal. 
opens, and they're looking at a scene of feudal Japan. And Donnie, Donnie's on his game with his assumptions today because he immediately says Shredder's portal has knocked out the signal on ours, and that's why we're looking at this scene instead of Dimension X where I want to be feeling. So he just knows what's going on right away. So they stare at some in. Point, at some point on this podcast, Chris said something about feudal Japan and ninjas. Do we remember this? Yes. It's a long time ago, though. And we were talking about, I think it was actually, it might have been Three the first episode. Defeat. No, I thought it was, uh, I thought we were talking about how it was weird that Shredder and Splinter were in like feudal Japan, but then came to New York in like modern 1980s. Yeah. I think that's what it was, something like that. But um, Shredder messing with Krang stuff has never worked out well. So just floating that there. And the Technodrome screen is the largest screen of all time. Like that thing in the pan <laughs> shot. Number one, this episode had a tremendous panorama shots, like of the city, Technodrome, all this stuff. But yeah, that screen was like 300 feet tall. I don't know, something wild <laughs> like that. So it's like all yeah. the jumbotrons at all the football stadiums nowadays are just. They're out of control, I have to say it. Yeah, that was maybe the genesis. Actually, you know what? We should write, we should tag the sphere of Las Vegas and have them make it look like the Technodrome. That would be That would be incredible. So I feel like this should be one of our tasks, and we're going to ask all foot soldiers, foot soldier army, to stand up. We're going to do it on... What social media platform? Stand up, up right now. There are spheres on Probably TikTok. Twitter. Is, is it on TikTok? Maybe TikTok yeah. then. I'm sure it's on Twitter. We yeah. should just hit it from every angle. Any and every social media. Just uh, at sphere. sphere. Right? Sphere. And uh, request the Technodrome via Team and T Shellcast. Tag us in there. See, let's see if we can do it. Because that was my inspiration. Like, I feel like the sphere drew inspiration from this episode with how big that screen was. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that is very good. That's a genius idea, Andrew. And I don't know, was there anywhere we were going with that feudal Japan thing? Or are you just saying you remembered it? Well, either way, we're looking in, the turtles are looking in and they see three pig I'm gonna, I said three pig samurai in full battle rattle, battle regalia. They've got everything on. They're, they approach a rabbit who is just in some robes by himself, and they prepare to fight. And again, Donnie just immediately says, you know, this is an alternate universe, okay? Because I think Mikey, somebody makes a comment, oh, look, more mutants. He's like, no, you're dead wrong. This is actually an alternate universe where animals are the dominant species and not humans. So he makes that very clear, Donnie, even though he has no basis in fact. Big brain know-it-all, Donnie. Even though humans are animals, Donnie. What's up? No, oh, it's a good point, Andrew. It's a very good point. So they keep watching, and this rabbit just kicks the shit out of these pig samurai. 
easily defeats them with his ninja skills and prowess. And then he jumps through the portal and starts attacking the turtles. So Raph and Donnie, they're easily defeated. I think Raph tries to throw his sigh or something. He they, they get tossed. Donnie's bow staff gets sliced and diced like a swim gym. Leo, of course, is the only one that puts up a decent fight, but his sword fails him, shatters, and Mikey saves like the butter. day. Yeah, Mikey like comes around the corner with a butter. Yeah, with a pizza. And he just pies this rabbit in the face with a pizza, and that just crumples him. He goes down, and Splinter pops in right at the last second. He grabs the sword. So they've disarmed this rabbit uh, with pizza. So shout out Mikey for that. I can um, I can relate to Splinter just hopping in at the end and taking all the loot once you kill the, <laughs> the boss. Yeah. That was my move. <laughs> no doubt. Um how about how do you guys feel about flying pizza or like air airy pizza, something like that? Or is that too yeah, much of air stretch? pizza? I was thinking we how should about do a something flying V, like Chris just did with his anchovy. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. All right, John. Well, when you lose this poll, you can do what you want on the next pizza. I like flying, something open to interpretation. Wings in a pizza. Wings pizza. Ooh, buffalo wing pizza. I would fucking wow. The little bonus wings. Or maybe rabbit pizza. I I thought about that, but I'm not trying to buy cook rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Flying pizza it is. (laughs) So unprofessional. It's it's unbelievable. All right. So it's yeah, let's add he looked right at he looked into your soul (laughs) because he knew that that pizza in your heart of hearts. Bullshit. Yeah, head on over, head on over to YouTube to pump up the uh, views. But Marshall just walked past. We're like nearing the one hour mark. So if you are listening to Spotify, hop over there and see Marshall. As John says, look into your soul. Guest appearance. Yeah, what's that? I say we had. I don't know. Call it flying pizza, maybe, and let that stay open to interpretation. But they've defeated this rabbit, and he is accepting defeat he's in awe he compliments their fighting style he's like what kind of fighting style is this i've never seen it before and splinter always up for a joke says slapstick ha 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 gets that joke in and the rabbit says listen i surrender please show me mercy and train me in your fighting style i need to know what this is i need to be trained in it it's the best thing i've ever seen and then he reveals that his name is Usagi Yojimbo. And Splinter's like, oh, I know exactly what that means. For a pizza power-up, a respin. What does Usagi Yojimbo translate as? According to Rabbit, bodyguard. Rabbit bodyguard. John, got it in first. John, please give yourself a respin. John didn't yes. just wait for Chris to finish his sentence, but I'll let it I'll let it slide. Oh, everyone knows Andrew in Jeopardy. You can buzz in early, but you don't have the benefit of hearing the end of the question. Yeah, well, Usagi Yojimbo was created by Stan Sakai. Is how I'm going to pronounce it. I apologize if it's wrong. Initially planned for uh, characters to be human, modeled it, modeled the character after. Miyamoto Musashi. 
So uh, the idea of a rabbit samurai <laughs> with distinctive rabbit ears emerged during an idle doodle. Usagi was first conceived as a supporting character in the adventures of Nilsson ground thumper and Hermie. I might have to go take an idle doodle later. <laughs> um, so he first appeared uh, in 1984 and then got his own series in 87. And uh, that's how he came over to Mirage and, uh, and then later IDW. So Stan and um, the creators of Team NT. I'm drawing a blank right now, which is a uh, shame. But... Eastman and Laird uh, are friends with Stan, so he he guest appeared. He's uh, he's been in a whole bunch, but he always seems to come back to the TMNT universe. So it's pretty much consistent throughout all media types. He's this rabbit samurai named Usagi, yeah. and he even goes further. Which um, I think Andrew you mentioned this on a previous episode. He says that he's a Ronin, which is a masterless samurai. So I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew. You said the Ronin comic series was based in part, like, wasn't Usagi Ojimbo the, whatever, the origin of that, or, like, originally he was the Ronin or something? No, so Ronin is a theme that comes up. There's a series called The Last Ronin, which is what I think the video, they're also making a video game based off of that comic run. Um, it's a parallel universe with the Turtles, but Ronin, I think the inspiration was from Daredevil which is what ultimately inspired TMNT. Um, and Ronin was like a theme or it was a series of comics in the seventies that were run by the daredevil folks. And that's where a lot of this inspiration comes from. Gotcha. So I was wrong, but directionally correct. So he explains that to uh, the turtles and splinter and splinter in classic dad fashion is like, no, we can't keep this thing. We got to get it back to wherever it came from. I don't want to deal with the responsibility here. But Donnie steps in and he says, listen, even if I wanted to get Usagi back to his dimension, there's no way to do it because we got knocked into that dimension by chance, and I don't know the, the coordinates. So there's no way we can actually get him back to where he needs to go. And Usagi is now, at this point, pioneering and cheering for himself to stay. So he says, I have no reason to go back. Please just let me stay and learn to fight in your fighting style. And they all high five. And then the turtle's like, well, if you're going to live with us, you need a disguise. You can't go around as a rabbit. Yeah, that sucks for him. He just leaves his home. And I, I noticed here too, I feel like we haven't gotten this in a while. But Raphael and his like one-liners that break the fourth wall and like talk to the audience, he had a couple like basically back to back. This one being, there's just another dimension with new mutant animals, and they just happen to speak English. So I liked it. I missed it. Yeah, it was. A, this was a sound episode all around. Um, in this immediate next scene, though. Do you guys recall, so these outfits that the Turtles are wearing, do you recall me showing from the San Diego Comic-Con like last year, the prototype models for a future release in these same outfits? No. If not, I encourage you to go back and check it out because there was a sneak peek 
And I'm like, man, the, the, I remember talking about it, like, man, those are cool. I can't remember which episode they came from. It's episode uh, number 50 from season three, episode 32 of the 89 season. So there we go. It's a lot of numbers for you. Yep. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so Andrew nailed it because I just, I put these in quotes as the turtles cool disguises. So no we, pants. Yeah. We cut topside. They're in sunglasses, leather jackets, bomber jackets. They've got high top sneakers on no pants as John mentioned. And then Usagi is just in like a grim reaper robe. He's at a theme. He looks like the grim reaper. He's got the hood up and everything to cover his ears. So those are kind of the disguises that they have put together, which is going to lead me into a quick buy or sell turtles costume editions. So we'll go through a quick, give me a buy or sell on the turtle costumes, starting with the all time classic, the Humphrey Bogart trench coat buy or sell. Bye. I'm going to sell that because it makes the turtles look fat. Sometimes it's like chunky. It was in the movie. It was in the, the TV series. It's hard. You can't not like it. I mean, it's their look. Yeah, it just reminds me of flashers. Like no one wears a trench coat and has clothes underneath. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. So I have. I've said this. Before, I don't think on this show, but a trench coat you either have nothing underneath or something very fancy, like a suit. It's the two extremes of clothing that exist under trench coats. But I will buy Andrew Tanger's point. They're iconic, specifically Raph in a trench coat. Just he's cool. All right. Uh, next one is the dock worker outfits. The dock worker, as I call them, the, the little beanies on, jean jackets. Buy sell. So, Those beanies, I don't like jean jackets, are great. Can, Canadian tuxedos, get out of here. <laughs> I love it. I love the. I loved the hat, I lo- specifically the hats. It would have been nice to have some visuals to go along with this, Chris. All I'm saying is, yeah, yeah I did it. Hard, bottom listen, hard if, to remember. If you want to peek behind the curtain, I'm doing this on a whim because I expected the 50 episode state of the show pod. I'm fucking losing it. State of the pod to take a little bit longer, and I didn't have a segment prepared. But so, this is a good time to go through a segment. I. <laughs> Buy the fucking segment on the fly. Jeez, yeah, you had to actually to prepare for this episode. I know. Did you not listen to any? This is classic, John. I just explained why, which wouldn't have mattered if I had prepared. No, but but if you remember, Chris, Andrew said keep it as a tight twenty for the state of the pod. Yeah, it took us like ten minutes. No, I think I was pretty close to twenty, wasn't I? Twenty to thirty. I feel like costume number three. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the bald face April costume that was given to them. So, yeah, that one sucks. Is that the same one that he wore when he was doing the pizza delivery for Out of This World Pizza yeah. or whatever? It was? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one freaks me out. Also, the one I believe Michelangelo was wearing that when Vinny died. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When he was in right. there, I believe so. Costume four, uh, the. Uh, musketeer outfits. So I hated that whole episode. I'm not into what, what like century or what's 
genre. That's Renaissance, called. like France. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck those costumes. All right, uh, bearded I'm construction back. workers. Costumes. Sell. I'm buying because they were wearing sunglasses. I think right. Yeah. Oh, Bye. oh yeah. That was my episode with the. Yeah, those are good. I'm buying right. those. And then these ones, the cool, the cool guys, the cool disguises. Yeah, I love. I'm buying cool. these bomber jacket. Weird, no pants though. I'm. I mean, they had shoes on too. It was kind of a. I don't know. They just forgot to draw them. I think. I think it, I was thinking about this. If you put pants on them, they become too similar to the punks, and they seem. Like bad guys. That's right. my view on it. How long were you thinking about that? All week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're all in costume. I, just one last thing on the, on those costumes. Yes. I believe in season one, the turtles threw on some very similar costumes and they were on the streets, and we had a good laugh yeah. about it. They were like rap, like bebop, hip-hop guys, breakdancers. Yeah. Yeah, was it this one here? Because I, I was looking as Chris was talking about, I was trying to pull up visuals, but was it this one? Yeah. Or was this from that a different looks... episode? I don't know. That's a sure different episode, Chinese I think. Characters I don't think it was those. But... Yeah. What is going on with that? Whoa. Yeah. Careful what you here. here. Do you have your safe yeah. search on? Do I? No. Am I supposed to? <laughs> no, I'm just saying Google can sometimes show you kind of crazy things. Yeah. Chris, Blur explicit images you. is what's on right now. Yes. So. Is that is there is that chicken broth in that thermos that you're drinking from? No, it's just Hot ice soup. water. Ice water. I don't drink. The, I'm not sick. I'm getting, I'm like 99% over the cold. I got a little bit of a cough. I sucking cough drops down for. I was going to make some tea, but tea and anchovy pizza doesn't mix. Let's, let's just not call that anchovy pizza, Chris. We all know what that was. Anchov- There's anchovies in there. All right, moving on. The turtles <clears throat> in their costumes, they're topside with uh, Usagi Yojimbo, and they start to make their way toward channel six. Again, fucking Donnie's just calling all the shots this episode. He says, John, you seem like you want to explain why. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, Channel 6, the picture of it got some fucking detail. Because it's no longer just windows. You can actually like see the like ceiling and like posts and yeah. things. Yeah. I was going to say, very reminiscent of the Peru, John. Don't you think? Like, in, Yeah. In very much. A little bit. Yeah. Channel 6 building, I do. I love the architecture of that building is great. Yeah. Great use of glass. Also, did we get to... Chris maybe didn't mention it, but there's a carnival game for whatever reason just on the street. I am getting there. You didn't get there. You just cut me off. I stopped. I haven't started walking yet. Yeah, they did because the Channel Six building is. John, I didn't say they were at Channel Six yet. I said they're going to Channel Six, (laughs) and I was going to explain why. And you were. (laughs) (laughs) 
the audacity to cut me off and then tell me I missed a scene. Unbelievable. <laughs> so the turtles, John, decide to walk to Channel 6 because Donnie says... Andrew, why did let me see if Andrew paid attention? Andrew, why is Donnie suggesting they go to the Channel Six building? So, let's see here. I know why. I know why. In the notes, <laughs> I don't know if you do know. <laughs> I they're do going know. to April. They need to go see April. They're going mm. there because they figured if there was technology glitches between the two whatever signal portal things that what better place it would be on the news with all the technology and transmitters that they would definitely know about it. That's yep. right. That's right. So that's John. John got it pretty much. Donnie basically says, listen, if shredder tries to do this again, channel six is going to be the first to hear about it. Cause something's going to go haywire. So, and we know from a cutscene that happens right around this point that shredder's machine is basically blew up. So he's trying to figure it out and fix it while all this is going on. So they start walking to channel six and Usagi gets distracted by a carnival game, a street vendor on the sidewalk with the milk bottle game, throw a baseball at these milk bottles, knock it down, win a prize. He steps up and the vendor's like, I got a sucker here. And he throws the baseball so hard that it knocks over the milk bottles and then goes through the wall behind them. And he gets handed every prize that the vendor has. The guy says, just take them, take them, leave. Sorry, I'm afraid of you. Go away. Happy yeah, John? I, <laughs> I don't know why there was a carnival game. Just so Is that how the streets I will, in New York are? There's a very specific reason, which happens. It's explained right when they get to Channel 6. Because they walk into the building. And up to the front reception and uh, what the fuck's her name? Irma. Irma. Irma is there and Usagi takes these prizes that he's won and he hands them to Irma and she goes, oh, for me, for me, and he bows as a sign of respect and in bowing, his hood comes off and she sees his ears, thus revealing him as a mutant to Irma. What does that have to do with the carnival game? What does it have to do with the carnival game, John? Because how yeah. would he have gotten into the position of bow if he hadn't presented her with the prizes? No. I mean, <laughs> Chris, I'm asking why is there just a carnival game? In I thought you were going to explain to me why there was a car. I, I know why <laughs> if for the purposes of the cartoon. I meant just more overall, Chris. Oh, why is there one on the side? I don't know. I thought you saw something. <laughs> that's like the guys that have the card you never saw like the three card money or whatever they're just yeah, hustling yeah, people we had that in the other episode that you had just referenced when they were walking down and it was episode one yeah. when they were introducing them to April and saying everybody's name there was the three card Monty wow. as yeah. well hell yeah Andrew yeah. so yeah the guys she's just like a hustler but anyway Meanwhile, Channel 6, a separate of the Turtles at the front desk, Vern, I mean, Vern is in a tizzy. He's on the phone. The phones aren't working. April pops her head in his office. She's covered in soot and dust. And she's saying, hey, I was just recording in Midtown and my camera's exploded. What the fuck? 
and <laughs> Burn, Burn's freaking out because there's a big story going on and he has no actual way to cover it. So he's panicking. April pops out. She sees this Irma situation going on and she kind of just pops into the turtles and says, hey, you know, what's going on? They explain the whole situation with Usagi and she says, well, if you're looking for Shredder and he's behind all this, head to Midtown because that's where I just was and my camera's exploded. So that's what they do. That's her advice. Very quick to the point, April. Quick cameo by April here too. Yeah, I was expecting more. Very quick. uh, Very upset. There's no Vernon, right? There's no Vernon in in this episode whatsoever. This would have been where I got my hopes up. This is where he should have been to say something snarky to April about her camera blowing up, like her career or something is what he would have said. Hey, oh, and uh, I mean, God forbid, if he was filming, he may have died in the explosion. So could have. He plays a bunch of roles there. He could have been behind the camera. But back at the Technodrome, Shredder's got the transporter back up and running, and he just fires it right at Krang's mega screen. He's, he basically is like, I'm going to try and contact Dimension X, and he just lets it rip into the portal or the screen. And up top, that causes a lot of problems because the Turtles, Usagi, they're now in Midtown, and everything is going haywire. You know, we get the whole electricity storm thing. Everything's freaking out. And then a bunch of portals open and outrun armed foot soldiers. So it appears that, confusingly, you would think that things coming from Dimension X would be rock soldiers and not foot soldiers. But for whatever reason, these portals have foot soldiers coming up. So it's, it appears Shredder's thing is working now. Why do they leave I, so many foot soldiers behind in Dimension X? Or do they just set up a factory there and maybe that's where the maybe the rock soldiers are making new foot soldiers back in Dimension X? Hmm. All I'm all I have to say is these fucking foot soldiers are getting annihilated this episode. Yeah. So John hits it. The they run out of the portal. Usagi looks at the turtles and he's like, Are these friends or enemies? What's going on here? And the turtles say these are enemies, and he just springs into action. He slices one in half, hot dog style, not even hamburger. He goes the long way, slices the first one in half. Then he cuts. It was like graphic for a robot dying. He cuts, he beheads a foot soldier. There's like a close up of him whopping the second one's head off. And then he goes (laughs) into spin mode and slices and dices. I don't know how many others, like 15. And there's just a big pile of their dead dismembered body parts that he's standing on. And as the turtles are talking to him, he's like, what is these aren't human body parts. What's going on? And they explain that no foot soldiers are actually robots and they're not human. Usagi was literally my, uh, my jaw dropped when he cut the first guy in half. And then when he lopped off the head on the second guy, my jaw dropped even further. And he, like if these people were humans and or robots, he was just going fucking ham anyways. So it's like he is crazy. Yeah, that's all. He's crazy. He saved their ass, though. I mean, at the end of the day, turtles, I, it just goes to show you how skilled he is because the turtles have never had issues really with the foot soldiers before. And Usagi really makes it happen this episode. 
Yeah. A simple, yes, these are bad guys. And he just goes into kill mode. Yeah. And not only does he kill them, but he leaves their body parts in a satanic circle after dismembering them because I believe Shredder gets a little bird's eye view of this and it's just it's a it's a death circle. Yeah, I actually didn't catch that part, but I know so they're standing on this body parts pile and Donnie picks up a transistor from one of the dead foot soldiers and he says, Hey, I might be able to trace the frequency off of this thing back to wherever Shredder is firing his transporter from, and that'll give us his location. So as he's kind of telling all the other turtles about this, Usagi sees a guy on a motorcycle zip by, and he assumes that this guy is another robot and a bad guy. So he starts chasing him on foot, and the turtles don't realize it until he's gone, and once they realize what happened, Leo finally fucking steps up as the weed turtle here, and he says, Donnie, go back to the lab, work on your transistor plan to find Shredder, the rest of us will go look for you, Usagi. So they split up and they run away, even though they run in different directions from what they were assigned. But presumably Donnie's going back by himself to the lab. Everyone else is going to look for the rabbit. Yeah. What are you going to do? Donnie, go. Donnie's banished back home to play with his machines. So Donnie... Does he have the power pack yet? Do we get there or no? Jumping the gun. Power pack. Power yeah, from pack. the foot soldier. The little yeah. transistor thing. Yeah. Yeah, transistor. That's what I, yeah, I don't know yeah transistor. So he he says the term power pack so many times. I I thought of immediately the Zuckerberg smoking meats Facebook video, <laughs> where he's just like a hundred thousand times he says smoking meats, sweet baby rays. Like that was power pack in this episode. In this little like. Uh, slice of the episode here so yeah donnie's feeling himself this whole yeah, time great great episode for donnie i mean he's just he's on his a game yeah his this, he's got like this splinter senses tingling they're just he's feeling things and running with it this was the first episode that i was getting kind of pissed off at donnie honestly he was a little bit know it all no we at all no no the one no he it, was the know it all was when it snowed in did we get to that one? Yeah, when it snowed in New York and then Donnie yeah. was the leader because Leo left or what happened? Yeah, Leo was like... Yeah, he didn't trust himself, I think. He yeah, was like... Idle doodle. Yeah. Yeah. Take the turtle so that, dump. That was the most annoying. And then the second and third are any of the backup voices. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. And then, and then yeah, actually, he didn't bother me that much in this episode. But back at the Technodrome, Shredder is bothered. And he's bullshit. To John's point, he's watching all this on the TV screens, and his foot soldiers are just getting fucking mollywopped by a rabbit. And he is like, I'm just going to keep fucking opening more portals across the city. That's the only thing I can do is just commit more to this plan and have all these foot soldiers wreak havoc everywhere. Um, Then, there's a bunch of cutscenes here, so basically he's He's opening more portals. That's his plan. Usagi has run out of gas chasing this motorcycle, but conveniently stops outside a restaurant that just has a big fucking rabbit face on the wall. First one to 
<laughs> answer the name of the restaurant gets to steal a power up from the other person. Does anyone remember the name of the restaurant? No. Lucky Rabbit's right. Foot. Nope. Nobody wins this prize. It's called the Rabbit Hutch. And it's a big rabbit face. It's teeth of the door. And Usagi's like, well, I'm a rabbit. That's a rabbit face. So I guess I'll go in there because that must be where <laughs> I need to be. And he walks in and he's confused. if you will. Yeah. The, the owner confuses him for an employee. In a classic sitcom gag, all the in employees in this restaurant yeah, are dressed like rabbits. He is a rabbit. So the guy's like, get in here. You're late for work. He doesn't question anything. He just starts working. And then we cut back to Donnie. And he's in his lab, his lair. And he is, we don't know how he did it, but he was successful in being able to trace the foot soldiers. So he's looking at his radar screen with Splinter. And they notice that all the foot soldiers are converging on one spot in the city. And Splinter's like, oh, that is the Far East Animal Museum in Little Tokyo Town. And it houses a collection of, quote, ancient oriental relics related to animals. So he's like, Shredder must be after something in that building. That's what he's doing. So they've kind of patched together Shredder's point at this point. There's fucking a lot going on right now. Yeah. The at the restaurant, the rabbit hutch. The boss man has a pin, a carrot pin on his lapel. I want that carrot pin. It was fucking money in the bank, that pin. The details you notice in this episode are quite <laughs> impressive, John. Did you um, we get that too? I did not, but almost as impressive as Splinter's map skills. So it was just like a blinking white screen. He somehow knew where and what it was. And all this convenient knowledge about this place. Like just classic Splinter just showing up, doing none of the dirty work and just like giving them the info. Yeah, it reminds me, I was thinking, like he just stumbles in like when we'd be watching TV and dad just stands, he would walk in and stand in front of the TV and like popcorn or whatever. That's what I picture Splinter just like, moseying around the house popping in oh yeah that's the whatever animal museum like, yeah. like what are these pimbos looking at yeah not only does he know what it is he has a friend he's like I, oh my old friend obento is a guard there so let's check in with him make sure he knows what's going on so apparently splinter's yeah. got a whole social circle that nobody knows about yeah why would he why would he have a friend there when he's been living in the he's been a rat his whole time in new york more or less. Less. I don't know. No, he wasn't this... a rat the whole time. I mean, he showed up. He was human. So maybe he made a friend pre-mutation. He was living in the sewers, but he didn't mutate until after. I I question Obento's uh, friend, friendship judgment if he's befriending fucking mole people. Maybe they go back to Japan. You don't know. And then he traveled here. There's any number of ways they could be friends. But I agree. I was shocked that they just happened to be buddies. And it's kind of like 
he's like free advertising for his buddy's Far East animals <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, in Wayne's World when they're eating the bag of, you know, I would never sell. And he's like, but this refreshing Pepsi. Yeah. It's like <laughs> some may people may do not things have a, for money. That's just not right. We may or may not have a TikTok of that exact clip. Wow. Oh, yeah, we do. I think that was my suggestion, actually. Was. One of our better ones. Well, we go to the museum. We cut to the museum. And Obento is... They said he was a guard. He's more like the keeper of this place. But he's tending to the museum. And foot soldiers burst in. And they steal a giant urn that Obento calls Baby Son. Don't take Baby Son, please. And they also take Obento hostage. And... This He's is the forced biggest to look, fucking urn. Yeah, it's giant. Ever. It's probably yeah. 30 feet tall, if I had to guess. What is it? That's I was like, this guy's guarding this giant urn. Why? And it was it's very it's like an egg, but if you were an upside down egg, if you will. Like a pear, if you're trying to stand a pear on the skinny end. Yeah. Yeah. This fucking thing is just like how does that thing not toppled over at the slightest touch? Yeah, at the slightest touch, number one. But they steal this urn, they take Obento hostage, and then they force him to look on as a couple foot soldiers drag this giant egg to the top of a smokestack at like a power plant. And they drop it in the top of the smokestack, and it falls all the way down to the bottom without breaking. a furnace. I think it's a furnace at a power plant. Who knows? It's just so random. Yeah. This series of events, I was just like, they were whizzing by my head, and I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. There's this. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't make sense of it. Like, in my, honestly, as it was happening, I'm like, what could possibly emerge from burning this urn? Yeah. And this is the, the classic turtle episode format of, there's a bunch of things going on separately, and then they all converge. So there's just cutscene after cutscene. It's chaotic. So the egg goes down the smokestack, and then we cut back to the rabbit hutch. And Usagi's like, he's turned against, he's turned the store against the restaurant owner. He's saying that this guy's enslaving all of his brethren because these rabbits are working and they're not getting paid and all this stuff. So he starts an uprising, a food fight, basically. And he's causing all this commotion, and the turtles pull up at this point. They walk in, they find him, and all this stuff going on, and they basically just drag him out of there and take off with Leo behind the wheel of the turtle van. So we don't get Raph, unfortunately. It's Leo. And Donnie is in the back with his radar. He's configured it into the turtle van at this point. And he's noticing that all the foot soldiers are now congregating at the Midtown power plant. So off they go to the Midtown power plant, which is where Obento is with this egg. So once they get there, this fucking smokestack just explodes. And out of this egg hatches what? Andrew. Baby son. Yeah, so it is a dragon. False. And it is not a dragon. Technically. John. It's very important yeah. when it comes to dragons and how they are depicted 
on what they actually are. Is there a question in there? Yeah. What is the animal as drawn? I will give points to whoever can guess. Oh, it's fucking Drogon, Chris, from Game of Thrones. I know it is. <laughs> it's the, I believe that this is the same character in Mulan. The little red. Yeah, it's a serpent, Chris. It's a fire-breathing serpent with wings or something, yeah. right? I'm not sure. All right. The answer is a drake. It has four legs, no wings. But it does breathe. Well, we'll get to that. It does breathe fire. So a dragon, as everybody knows, has two legs and two wings. I think a wormer has four legs and two wings. And then a drake has four legs and no wings. Something like that. There's a bunch of different classifications. But it's not technically a dragon, even though they call it a dragon. I would just like to clarify. But I... I'm going to look it up right now and Go just ahead. see what, what they name it in the episode. Well, Dragging these nuts across your face. It's called Baby Son. That's its name. Uh, son is a term yeah. of endearment in, yeah. in Japanese. Respect. It is, not, it is not mentioned in the character list because there's no voice. But... When we really get down and dirty and go to the transcript. I'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, let me just try to find it real quick. How about you Google Drake while you're at it? Drizzy. Drake's makes some pretty tasty treats, if I do say so myself. Drake's cakes. And I'm going to look up quick. Eats too. <laughs> huh? Oh. <laughs> Drake's maker of the devil dog. Perhaps this was not a Drake, Chris. Perhaps it was a devil dog. The devil's <laughs> dog. <laughs> also, coffee cakes, funny bones, yodels. Coffee cakes are underrated. Drake's coffee cake. It is called a dragon in the transcripts. The smokestack well, explodes and a dragon emerges. We should. That's off TMNTpedia. We should <clears throat> put a note to amend that because it's wrong. But. For the purposes of the rest of this episode, I will refer to it as a dragon. So the smokestack explodes, out pops this dragon, and the turtles instantly retreat back to the turtle van. And Splinter is now calling the shots. And he's like, listen, only Obento can control this dragon because he has been a keeper for however long it's been in that urn. So Splinter says, listen, and this is where you can tell who his favorites are because he orders Leo, Mikey, and Raph to stay and contain the dragon. And then he and Donnie will go rescue Obento. <clears throat> so he basically sacrifices all of the turtles except Donnie, who he takes with him for the more important mission. Yeah. Well, so debatable. It, to stop a dragon from destroying the city, a drake, if you will, a devil dog, uh, that seems pretty important. Do you not agree? Yeah, but also more deadly. Yeah. So it needs a stronger, more cunning turtles to do it. Well, I just enjoyed the, the return of the fight music. I feel like it's been a little while since we've heard that. 
and the turtle van was looking incredible. We talked about detail this episode. It was incredible. The whole thing. I mean, city skyline behind me here. If you're on the YouTube, check it out. It looked better than that, if you can imagine. So, yeah. That is a nice background. The turtle van. Yes. Who knows how much money that thing costs, but they should have the, like an Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile, but a turtle van that just drives around. They do. A fan does. And there's some in a, um, like a museum or something. But I was just thinking today, because I saw one of the old BW buses. It's not the round, like Twinkie shaped one, but more looking like the Dodge or a. Yeah, Yeah. so I was looking at that. I'm like, man, if I was ever rich, like inherited, hit the lotto, I would 100% build like an authentic turtle van and just cruise it around like the U.S. There is one out here that somebody made the mystery van from Scooby-Doo. Oh, the mystery mobile? Yeah, pretty sweet. But... um, Oh, oh yeah. So Mikey now... Is throwing some ideas out there. So he's like, listen, I have an idea on how to control this thing. And he runs over to a grain storage silo. And they climb up and they slice the entire side of this grain elevator open, out spills all this food. And they're like, great. He'll just stand here and eat. And that'll distract him long enough to get Obento over here. But the problem with Mikey's plan is that when the dragon starts to eat, it instantly grows bigger and bigger and bigger. So they've made their problem worse, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, that's a pretty cool move by Leo to, he does the classic stick your sigh, not your sigh, your sword in the grain and just slide it, ride it down. Yeah. It's like a that pirate cool. on a ship. Yeah. yeah like a sail. flag or something. Yeah. On a sail. Yeah. Um, he, I thought he was going to throw his katana this episode because even earlier with Usagi, who did throw his dagger handle, which that was wild. I don't think we talked about that. No. Deserves recognition that his his superior steel or some metal sword can detach, and then the handle is just a dagger, which he threw at Leo. So, unfortunately, Chris, I think Leo just doesn't throw katanas. And John's. Yeah, he hasn't thrown one since we made that bet. He's thrown like two. Once he threw a, a robot in the back, and then the other one he threw just a few episodes ago, I feel like. Yeah, um, a coward's but, throw hit him in the back. Yeah. But So they made their problem worse. This thing gets even bigger. Meanwhile, uh, the others find Obento, and he's at the Ecological Waste Treatment Center. And this, again, we get the green Greenpeace turtles coming out. This waste treatment center is just a catapult launching waste into the ocean. So the foot soldiers have loaded Obento tied up onto this catapult. They're getting ready to launch him. I had to um, give points to the foot soldiers here. Unprompted, I think they were just going to murder this guy. It's true. Like Shredder, I don't know. He's. Whether or not Krang or Shredder are commanding these people, these foot soldiers were about to murder Oben- Obendo. That yeah, counts it, for something. It was aggressive. Like the whole thing, they were going to enslave him or try or uh, not enslave him. They were, they captured him. 
destroyed and Hatch's dragon, and then they were going to murder him. Yeah, like intense. I guess I guess the training in Dimension X is legit, as Chris had pointed <laughs> out at one point. Yeah. It's a good point because they're operating completely autonomous. To, like This is something Shredder should be topside for, and he is not. Think so. Yeah. Yeah, but they're doing great. So you're right. That's good. I didn't think about that until you said it. <laughs> yeah. They're doing great apart from getting, you know, sliced and diced a little bit. Um, but right before he, uh, Bento's going to get launched, the foot soldiers get defeated and Bento is saved. And he's like, listen, there's a slight chance I can stop my beloved baby son, but I need to go back to the animal museum and get something that's there. Otherwise, this will never work. So, the other turtles that are with the dragon, Mikey's got another plan on how to fix his first fuck up. So, he's weaving a trail of grain into the city. And the other turtles are like, Are you sure this is going to work? And he's just giving, you know, just trust me, just trust me. I've got an idea. And there's some foot soldiers behind them. Which Leo kills. I thought that was worth mentioning. Slice the head off. Yeah. Slice the head off, beheads one. So Usagi's rubbing off on everyone. They're getting a little bit more violent. And Mikey continues to weed this dragon into a building. And he feeds it fire. I, I don't understand the thought process behind this. He feeds it fire. And instead of doing any harm, it now gives the dragon the ability to breathe fire. So I don't really know what his goal was, but he's made it even yeah. more lethal than it was. He basically so. relit the pilot light. Yeah. He did. And he keeps fumbling with this dragon. So he needs to just sit the next one out. Not his forte. At yeah. And I thought in my head as this was happening, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to like incorporate the giant mutant wizard that nibbled New York, whatever from the big one from the start of the episode. I was like, this would be a good point to tie that in. Maybe he knows how to defeat it. Cause he watched the movie more than everyone else. He doesn't. So this thing starts breathing fire and just starts torching the city. And then we cut back to a bento who has now made it back to the animal shelter. And he's going through this chest of things and he pulls out a candle a blue candle called the blue flame of Osaka. And he's like, this is the only thing that can save the city from baby son. We need to use this or it's all over, but he doesn't explain how to use it or what it is. He just says, this is the thing we get to use. He, he says that this will save baby son from the city. Yes. No. Yes. And somebody tries to clarify and say, you mean save the city from baby son? And he's like, he says like, no, let me show you or just wait. I or know. Like that. I know what I meant is what he yeah. says. Yeah. Well, I didn't catch Little that. PSA Pretty, on humanity. Kind of eerie too, in a way, like, but to John's point, a dig at mankind, I think. Yeah. Wasn't mankind yeah, a wrestler as well? He was. Shout out. Socko. Socko. We've talked about mankind. <laughs> yeah. Quite the a, mandible claw. Yeah. Um, McFoley. Yeah. So they get the blue candle and there's tanks rolling in the streets at this point. So the National Guard of the Army is mobilized. This dragon's lighting up the city. These tanks are aimed and ready to fire. 
Um, and then Obento rolls up in the turtle van and he hops out and he's like, somebody, he holds up the blue flame of Osaka and he says, somebody needs to put this in the dragon's mouth. And the turtles are kind of like, we're not fucking doing that. Sorry, buddy. They fucking bitch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instantly, they're just kind of shuffling their feet. But Usagi, the only one with any balls, is like, give it to me. I'll do it. And he takes the candle. He runs, jumps, and he hucks the candle down the dragon's throat. And that reverts it back into its egg form. So it swallows it. It does like the and fucking turns back into an egg. And it was just in time. He got Yoshi'd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got Yoshi'd, or he got um, spoiler alert, uh, Superflied. Oh um, yeah, Mayhem movie. In a way, it was kind of similar, like de mutated, de dragonfied, whatever you want to call it. Um, wow. So, yeah, that's like spot on. That. That's I knew in my head. I was like, I've seen this. That's a very good reference. Andrew. Good callback. Um, and it's right in time because the army, they're about to blast this thing to smithereens. And apparently they're just like, All right, well, that's taken care of. Throw it in reverse. We'll go home. So everybody kind of packs it up. Throw it, throw it in, in reverse. reverse. <laughs> <laughs> back up, I, Terry. Back up. <laughs> I, I never seen that until you guys mentioned it was the last time. And it is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. It's so funny. That video, every 4th of July, that video hits like no other. <laughs> Uh, so back we kind of get to the trail end of the episode here back at the technodrome Krang is just up Shredder's ass again he's like what went wrong how could you mess this up again how are all these foot soldiers dead What? where's the dragon what's happening and Shredder is incredulous he can't figure out how this dragon was defeated until and credit to Krang here he's installed replay in the Technodrome. So they go back. Shredder's watching the tape. And he sees in slow motion. Usagi Ojimbo. With the blue flame of Osaka. Defeating the dragon. Like killing all his foot soldiers. All this stuff. There was no background to these photos. Yeah. He had isolated. It's, just, uh, it's literally just the glamour shots of the turtles. And action poses. Yeah. I picture it like uh, in the Matrix. When like they're watching code. And you can't really tell what it is. And then a guy's like, no, that's the one. Look, the code's different. That's Usagi Ojimbo on the screen. And even Shredder is like, wow. I don't know who this, what this is, but he has incredible warrior skills. So I have to at least tip my hat to this thing because he's really good at fighting. And Krang just starts laughing. He's like, you fucking lost to a bunny rabbit, dude. That's what took your dragon out. (laughs) And Shredder... Vows to get his revenge. So I'm I'm assuming this isn't the last we've seen of Usagi Ojimbo because Shredder now he's got a little chip on his soul, soul chip on his soul chip on chip his on his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> about this soldier. soldier. <laughs> so uh, Usagi yeah. stroke. When when Usagi <laughs> threw that blue flame of Osaka into the dragon's mouth, I meant to mention this a few minutes ago. Very reminiscent also of Space Jam, the movie, the first one with Michael Jordan when he's like going to dunk like the climactic scene at the very end where his arm stretches all the way, spoiler alert, and drops it in. Also kind of got those vibes too. So I like Usagi. Yeah. Usagi's great. 
I mean, his voice is maybe a little, you know, uh, annoying, I would say, but he's a great guy and talented. Yeah. So up until this point, and then actually just to wrap this up, so it ends with uh, Baby Son has urn is restored, so the dragon's back and the whatever. And then Splinter leaves Usagi with Obento. And is basically like, hey, keep this guy here until we figure out how to get him back home. So we know he's still going to stay in this dimension, but he's going to be at the museum. But, Andrew, to your point, I only knew Usagi from the video games. And he annoyed me in the games. So I had a negative perception of him going into this. I am now very much pro Usagi Yojimbo. I like him. Yeah, he's honorable. And he will return. So that's great. I think actually several return episodes, perhaps. Um, including perhaps the next one, if I remember looking at the list. In a so, couple, I believe. <clears throat> okay. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. He's great. And what's even, I would say, more great about him is that he looks the same in every media format he's ever been introduced in. So it's unlike the turtles, which kind of change form or shape or color or more cartoony, more realistic. Usagi's the exact same. So I hope in a future movie, perhaps Seth Rogen, I know you listen to the podcast. If you're listening out there, put Usagi in the new Mutant Mayhem movie. Please. Thank you. That would be pretty fucking sweet. Um, John, any other thoughts on the episode? Um, I liked it. That's a thought. Nice. Well, <laughs> after that riveting recap, we will move into the closing segments of the show which there are a few of starting with everybody's favorite turtleisms. Would anybody like to volunteer or must I assign? I will volunteer hand raised to me. John, take it away. Not that many this episode from what I recall, but here we go. I'm going to go by character and I'm going to start with Raphael. He had a mellow out bud. That's all I had for him. False. Bugs, like as in Bugs Bunny. Oh, oh, even better. Even better by Raphael. Donatello, I had come back and fight floppy ears. I like that one. Leo had a take take turtle steel as he was fighting somebody. Taste. Yeah, that. Uh, Krang had another mutant maggot right at the end. Snuck it in. Shredder, I'll have my rabbit revenge. That's what Chris said. And superb samurai warrior. Ooh. Referring to Usagi. He was very res- respectful. Complimentary. Yeah, complimentary. And then Michelangelo, this is bogus, right? I've got all six fingers crossed. Whoa, que pasa? Chris, what does that mean in Spanish? Que pasa what's up? Ketal, how about that? How are Ketals, you? yeah. What are you doing? How are things? How are things? Yeah. Um, we be on Chris. <laughs> we be Igualmente. Uh, Igualmente. Yeah, yes. Oidea. Uh, next, Michael and Joss, E, E, scope it out. 
dudes, you too. Uh, please refer to me in the formal usted, Andrew. Um, Michelangelo also had, let me at those turkeys. Like, don't be so hostile. Time to boogie, dudes, and I'm talking warp speed. That was pretty funny when he was running away from the, from the Drake. Check it out, dudes. Great minds goof up once in a while, and it's going to be a hot time in Old Town tonight. So there was that. Yeah. And that's all I had. And don't forget Usagi, who said, powerful sorcery indeed. In his, yes. like, in his, in his very, I actually have a question. I looked this up earlier. For a pizza power up of Andrew's mine. Giving out power ups. How about this? I'm going to give out a power up potentially. You could steal one from wow. me. If you could tell me who does the voice for Usagi. So name a character. You don't have to tell me the voice actor. But name a character that is also done by the same voice actor. How about that? Damn, I was gonna look that up because his voice was very familiar. The he's the same voice as the fifth turtle. Fucking Zach. Zach you're obsessed Zach. with the fifth turtle. Wow, we haven't talked about the fifth turtle in a while. So what was his name? Zach? Yeah. Let me see. Who does Zach? Zach TV series is voiced by wait for it, wait for it. Characters Zach. No. No, Chris. That is false. Zach is done. Donatello. So Zach is uh, the same voice as Raphael, which is Rob Paulson. John said Donatello. That's Barry Gordon. So that's also wrong. It is, in fact, let me actually just double check this before I say it because I don't want to retract. The Rat, the rat King? It is. Mm, I'm going to tell you. Cut this out. Just give me a sec. Characters. This is Don Tertelli. You never go against the family, John. Yeah. So it is, in fact, Michelangelo Townsend Coleman, ah, who does Usagi's wow. voice. Um, also, in the 87 series, does a handful. Um, but Chris, what was the one that you just mentioned? Zach. Oh, the Rat King? Yeah, it is the Rat King. So you would have got that right because uh, yeah. he also does that. So yeah. well, well done. Nice. <clears throat> well, it's a great way to wrap up turtleisms. I got a, I got one for you. Andrew's respin is safe. Go ahead, John. I'll let, I'll let someone steal a power up from me. If you can guess what flavor pop tart I ate today. Cinnamon brown sugar. I'm going cookies and cream. Both incorrect. S'mores. I s'mores. It is s'mores pop tart. Oh, you were never a s'mores guy. You were never I'm a s'mores guy. Here's why. Mine. Here's why. It's my favorite. I got a bone to pick with pop tart. I got two things. It's because uh, my wife 
was never really allowed to eat Pop-Tarts growing up. The only ones that they would get were the frostingless strawberry. So I thought these things were on sale, and I was like, hey, you know what? I like to treat my wife to something a little nice every now and then. <laughs> Let me get her s'mores. Pop tart. The cream of the pop tart. Yeah, I thought. Me personally, did, not my favorite. How did you prepare it? Is the real question, John. I opened the wrapper. That's how I prepared it. Yeah, I respect that. So, two thoughts about pop tarts from me. One, you never heat them up in any fashion. You just eat them out of the package. We all know that's the best. Um, number two, why has Pop-Tarts not done like double stuffed or something like, like the Oreo does? That could be a huge market. I feel like they could do a whole lot more Pop-Tart sticks, Pop-Tart, like anything. Remember the cereal? mini Pop-Tarts? They, those came yeah. back. I just saw them recently. They're I think back. they did wow. Pop-Tart sticks too now that you say that. They might have. But either way, the, Pop-Tart could do more. Like they're kind of resting on their laurels, if I have to say. Take a take a note from Oreo, and make every configuration of anything of all time or Cheez Its. So, I will just say, in my older age, and I don't eat Pop Tarts frequently. A toasted Pop Tart is a nice little treat. The s'mores, especially, they get a little crunchy on the edges, and it's I don't it's know a nice glass of milk. Andrew, you don't in know what you're missing. Or a toaster oven. Well, I've I used to put them in the toaster. I've since thrown my toaster away <laughs> because I bought a toaster oven and I just yeah. it's better at everything. Except it's they're large. That's the only downside to the toaster oven. It's a big real estate. Well, Andrew, the, let me tell you how I solved that problem. Well, first let me tell I you that I picked myself did you, up. <laughs> did you vintage, ever read <laughs> I have a one vintage thing to say. toaster oven? Unbelievable. Fucking believable. <laughs> I was going to ask you, have you ever looked at the back of a Pop-Tart instruction box and for another power-up chance, sealed mine for a respin, how long would you microwave a Pop-Tart for? Or the Microwave? Yeah. There's instructions to microwave. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like two seconds. It's something 30 stupid. Seconds. 30 seconds. 30, it'll I think explode. I think it's three. I think it's three seconds, but let me <laughs> it's look two it or three. <laughs> three seconds in a microwave is doesn't even yeah. do anything. Heat three seconds at a time until it's warm enough. So at and then and then yeah. do what? It would never heat up enough to cook it. You just add <laughs> infinite. No, literally. Yeah, it says right here. This is a Reddit post. Microwave on high for three seconds. Cool briefly before handling. That's literally how they recommend eating it out of the microwave. I think that's get... because like people used to microwave like jawbreakers and then they'd explode because they'd liquefy on the inside. A Pop-Tart, I'm pretty sure, would get molten hot. And you bite into know. it and your face would pull like, John, bleed try off. How about this? Try and report back. Okay. <clears throat> I might I might pop on the fucking oven. Pop it at 400 and just... just you know what? You, here's what, you know what? Air, you know what? Putting in a microwave it. for three seconds does? That's the same as doing this on the Pop-Tart. No, I think <laughs> I thought the <laughs> same thing, but I did it and it actually heated it up. Like It does. So, so how many seconds you, total did you put in? Three. That's just it. three for one yeah. in the wrapper. Is it stay in the wrapper? In the wrapper? No. Oh, it's like a heat bag. <laughs> Why? Steam steamables. Do, do I want cancer? Like, no. Let me ask you this about microwaves. Okay. So if you put something in the microwave for five minutes, 
or four minutes and 59 seconds. There's like no difference, right? In the overall Maybe cooking of that thing. Once. I mean, technically there's a second worth of difference, but yeah, almost no, none. Yeah. And then if you do like four minutes, 59 seconds and four minutes, 58 seconds, there's no real difference between those two things. Yeah, it's one second, I suppose. So what's your point? So like you could just keep, if you keep going down, at what point does it matter? That's like that's like saying within 30 seconds, I would say like is when there's a difference plus like plus or minus somewhere in that range. I mean, if it, to that end, it's like if you go from four seconds to three seconds, that's like a 25% decrease in the total microwave time. Yeah. So that impact is very much more than, you know, one second on a total of 600 seconds. Second. Yeah. So John's thinking more percent wise. I would just yeah. say like popcorn, right? You're making popcorn. You can go a little bit over or a little bit under and you're okay. But if you go like 30 seconds, I feel like you're fucked. But if you look at it in the vacuum of one second at a time, it never matters. Yeah. But then everything is nothing. That's like in a similar vein. I still have one point on Pop Tarts I'll get back to, but in a similar vein, no one would ever no one would ever save, no one would ever say, no one would ever trade a human life for the life of a fish, right? But in the same vein, no one would ever save a human life over the life of every single fish in the ocean. And so there's a point where a a fish's life or fish plurals life becomes equivalent to a human life. Yeah, I would say there are some humans you would trade for a fish. <laughs> it's a very bad yeah, ones. I would for sure. But I would that, not trade, that? That was... <clears throat> I would not trade the fish for pop tarts and s'mores is the best one. Brown sugar is number 2 and then after that they're all the same. I did open What did you say was number 1? S'mores. S'mores. Mm. Brown sugar is not number 2 by the way. Strawberry is number two, and I will. I'll throw another one out there. Half a chunk. I don't think exists anymore. No, those any ones that were designed to put in the freezer, throw those in the trash. Yeah, I got. They were too like wet on the inside. Yeah, those were designed to put in the freezer. Way too sweet. Yeah. Here's my other issue with the one thing that I wanted to say originally about pop tarts before we went on this tangent. Don't tell me, pop tarts, that there's eight in the box that I bought. Yes. Technically there are eight pop tarts, but there are four fucking thing four silver pouches. Because I got home and Elise was like, my wife was like, wow, you bought the eight pack of pop tarts? And I went, No, I didn't. That's way too many fucking pop tarts. And I go, oh, I guess there are eight, but there are two packs. So pop tarts. What the fuck? Yeah. Those That's big like, boxes, though. Remember those? Like the 16? Where you really did get eight packs? Yeah. Or they'd put like two different flavors in there. There's so many Pop-Tarts available. Yeah. The you thing is, though, picking out. last thing I'll say about Pop-Tarts, they only exist as a snack. Like, they don't actually, they shouldn't be eaten for a meal. They're a snack, dessert sometimes. Certainly not breakfast. <laughs> it's no, like yeah. the... yeah. That's how they promote themselves, I feel like. Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Like, it would pop out of the toaster, and somebody would run by and grab it and run out the door, yeah. remember? <laughs> yeah, well, because they were toaster pastries. That's the whole... That's how they had to sneak into the market through the breakfast style. 
the, there's a parking shop, shout out parking shop in, I believe Dudley, Massachusetts, that has the world's largest selection of pop tarts, a whole aisle, as far as the eye can see of different pop tart flavors. Yes, and carpeted floors. Yes, I think that's been remodeled at this point. But we're going to move into the villain power rankings. I will give a quick recap. Uh, since it's been a while. At 10, the Vivaldi Crime Syndicate. 9, Foot Soldiers. They fell last episode. 8, the Rock Soldiers. 7, Bebop and Rocksteady. I believe this is as low as they have been. 6, the Rat King. 5, Leatherhead. 4, Baxter Stockman. 3, Lotus Blossom. 2, Krang. And elevating himself to number 1 last episode, Shredder. So, no new villains this episode. Unless, well, no, Usagi's not a villain. But we did have a couple active uh, people, most notably, who you would have thought would have factored in more, General Trag. Hologram Trag made a brief appearance at the beginning and was never to be seen from again. I believe he is off on the bench at this point. Do we move him up? And do we separate him from Granitor? What is he on? No. I don't think so, because it was just his hologram, so I don't... I think he's still on the bench. Or was it him and, not fully formed? Do we distinguish that? Does it matter? I don't think so, because it was like a hologram or like something at that point. And I don't think we need to separate him yet, unless there's more events where they are truly separate yeah in my opinion so and that's that all right so we'll keep him on the bench uh the foot soldiers very active this episode what do we think about the foot soldiers so a lot they a lot of them died i count at least 16 dead which maybe doubles their body count for the previous 49 episodes. However, we know they're going to die. That's not the thing. It's a minus. But like I said before in the plus column, their scheme to murder Bento, Obento, that speaks volumes to me. Yeah, I'm going to make a play that they go to seven. Thoughts. Uh, we had no Bebop and Rock Steady, no Rock Soldiers. I don't I know could, though, but is it Bebop or Rock Steady that always wants to kill somebody too? Rock Steady. Which again, I've made this case that we should have separated them long ago because they are. Like, well, Bebop drags them down pretty fucking good. Yeah, here's what I think. I think this might be the last traditional villain power ranking ever. Because I think we might go to the new format with episode 51. I'm just yes. going to make that statement. So, Well, then I know you're going to want to keep fucking Shredder at number one. No, 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 no. I'm just saying in that optics. event, we can, we can separate Bebop from Rocksteady as we see fit. Um, but I would say behind Bebop and Rocksteady. So at number eight in this case would be where I vote. 
Curse you the tie tie breaking vote here. Uh I would agree with Andrew. I think I mean, yes, it's granted that they're gonna get killed, but they and in particular when they came out of the portal the first time and Usagi killed them all, they didn't even fire a single shot. They all had guns, they just got slaughtered. So if we're, if this is based off how they do against the turtles, then I would have to keep them behind Bebop and Rocksteady. I don't disagree. All right. Uh, now it's just Krang and Shredder. And personally, I don't think there's enough that happened to flip-flop them. Krang didn't really do anything again. Yeah, neither did Shredder, really. I mean, they got yep. like gadgets working, but they didn't do anything villainous, really. So. All right. So that'll walk up the final villain power rankings. Um, in this format yes I think we were moving toward a tier system if I recall if I recollect correctly as they say I mentioned that before I don't know if you guys have seen the clip yet but anyway uh, just the foot soldiers making a little climb from number 9 to number 8 now we'll get to everybody's favorite segment the pizza wheel so, while well, Andrew's bringing that but, up... Uh, in fact, it's not, because we have to do the poll to determine who spins the okay. wheel, Chris. Yes, we do. But usually, you bring that up, and then John goes through the poll results. No. Nope. So... Just you. <laughs> I go through the poll results. What? What are you Chris? talking about? Must have ate a gummy. No, I didn't need a gummy. What are you talking about? We John reads off the results from the last TikTok poll. That tells us who's going to spin. Yeah, but we usually introduce that episode, don't we? I feel like we do. Anyway, continue. Yeah, sorry. So, well, let's do it that way then. That sounds right. Yeah. John, I haven't hosted an episode in fucking months. John, if you could uh, please give us a recap of last week's TikTok poll. The question, what is the worst odor? The worst odor. Andrew said someone else's fart. Also known as someone's fart. Yes, a little controversy on that. We can discuss. Andrew has recently viewed my profile. Unbelievable, John, (laughs) if you fucked this one up. Andrew, I think you'll be (laughs) surprised by what you see. The winner, I'll explain, first of all, the graphic in the the, the poll was fucking spot on. And the winner of the poll with 33 votes over someone else's fart at 18 was Puke John for the win. I protest. I mean, I I protest. I'm not just saying this to say this. I think it makes a big what? difference if you read someone's fart and then someone else's fart. There's just, for whatever reason in my brain, those aren't the same thing. I couldn't fit someone else's fart in the text is the issue. I know, I, but in well, the past... I should say this. I did, but it dotted it out. So all you heard, all you saw was someone's dot, dot, dot. So I believe... 
Andrew, go ahead. You're gonna. Say I was gonna say, say in the past you've done the one or two or A or B where you then yep. write it out. I know, but to do that for puke, it just didn't make sense. I'm just saying, in the future, let's make sure the poll question and answers are what they're stated on the episode <laughs> and not fucking shorthanded. Because or maybe like can, this has happened many a times. Post it. <clears throat> maybe a discussion to just say, "Hey, this is the situation." I saw. I have notifications on for when these go out. As soon as I saw it, I said to myself, "Andrew, there's going to be a problem with this." And when I voted, Andrew was losing. To my shock, my utter shock, Andrew was down in the polls, and I said, "This is the prison." I lost. I'm happy no. to repost it. No, I'll I'll spin the wheel. I'll take the loss. I'm just saying, moving forward. I want it verbatim. What was said? This has been a thing for fifty episodes. We've literally—it's yeah. always it's something. It's fucking ridiculous. It's unbelievable, John. It's like Bebop and Rocksteady. We're praying in Shredder. We're back in the Technodrome, and we're dragging Bebop and Rocksteady in to say, "How can this keep happening? We've gone over this. It's been made it clear. Was, it's because John does it from memory. He doesn't rewatch. He doesn't re-listen, no, and he doesn't write it down. Decision." I knew it because I put someone else's fart and I posted it originally and it dotted it out. So I had to adjust. And I thought to myself, someone's fart similar. It's not the same, but it's, it's yeah. might as well be similar. Either way, I'll take the loss. It's a farce. John has done this many a time. Um, however, in the future, John, Let's Maybe write it next down. Time Each episode, some, let's write it down. I knew it. I do write it down. I actually re-listened to the ep- to the episode before I post it to make sure I get it right. All right. Well, I had to make it S U M choice. S U M the number one. Are you fucking shitting me with that? I'm just for whatever reason I'm less inclined to think someone's fart smells bad than someone else's fart. Someone else's fart smells worse than someone's fart. You might have just said another fart. You could have just said that. No, because that means like the second Basically fart. Basically the same thing. <laughs> another fart. That would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that might be the funniest fucking. That would have been the funniest answer ever on a poll. Yeah. Oh. That would have been the best answer. How do we not think of that? Oh. Well, unfortunately, I think Andrew should have won this one. Unfortunately, he didn't. But credit to him for for stepping up and just taking the loss on the chin. So he. Uh, we'll be spinning the pizza wheel this week. Andrew, you have one respin, three combo slices, two party pizzas, and an odds maker. John, two respins, a combo slice, two party pizzas, one odds maker. I have one respin, one combo slice, and one odds maker. And I will just say there will be a graphic for these moving forward. So I'll share that as we bring them up. I've been working on it. I just didn't finish it. Did I steal I didn't, something? I didn't did, work I, on it. did I steal something from you last episode, Chris? Do we get that yeah. right? What did I steal? Yeah, I moved that over last episode. I think party it was a party pizza. Week. I had one of everything, and then you took my party pizza. 
Okay. So you're loaded right. up right now, Andrew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am. Anyone using a power up? Uh, no. I will not be. All right, I will. I'm, I'm going to use self. I'm going to use an odds maker for myself here, and I'm going to. Um, I'm going to go with the flying pizza that we just added in this episode. I'm going to make that as large as I can make it because I have just a got plan. An idea. I have an idea. So I have increased flying pizza to the 30% threshold and I've got a plan for it. So I'm hopeful that it lands and I'm going to start spinning now. This thing might go off kilter. Yeah, be a shame if it didn't land. No, that's here and there. Oh, oh, nope, he's gonna be short. That's pineapple? Pumpkin Pumpkin seed seed pan pizza. Pan pizza, which I. Pepito's pan pizza. I will re spin. Because I don't want that. And away Mm. we go again. Andrew only has one respin. Let's hope he nails it. Nope. Come on a little fast. Alright. Now we could do John could do the funniest thing ever. No. Marty on Andrew's bad side. I'm curious to see what Andrew has in store for this. I've got a plan. I do have a plan. It is a good one. So as soon as I saw this, I knew I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I was going to use a power up to try to Increase my odds. Ooh, so I think I might know what he's going to do. I'm not going to ruin it. I have an idea, though. <clears throat> Speaking of any other power ups? No. <clears throat> All right, Andrew, you just used two. You have five still, but three combos and two party pizzas. Wow. Are you using a power up? Are you done? I am not. No. Okay. Mm. I just want to speak this. Of the funniest thing ever I saw recently, someone said that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have a chance to do the funniest thing ever. Did you see this? So I, I don't know if it was real or not, but the odds that Belichick is a coach in the NFL this year are pretty low, just given the teams that need head coaches. And Tom Brady had three years of eligibility as a college athlete. He got drafted in the third round. And I think someone was saying because he's a re- he's a retired professional now, he still has one year of eligibility as an amateur. So does he go back to Michigan? And does Belichick go to Michigan to coach because now Jim Harbaugh has vacated? And do they have a year <laughs> at Michigan? And Tom Brady just runs train on fucking college football. That would be very funny. They do have they hired a coach though. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be hilarious because didn't um, J.R. Smith do that with golf or something? Yeah. Well, I think he went back to college for real, but then decided that he was going to play golf for. Because he went right to high. He went from high school to the He never played in college. Yeah. But yeah. when he went to get his degree, he was on. He joined the golf team. I always but. thought Belichick would go coach college. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but who knows? Does he need like 12 more wins to be the winningest all time or something? Yeah. They still have, he could, well, there's still a couple openings. 
Um, all right. Well, that wraps. No, it doesn't wrap up because we have to ask the next pizza poll question. So, Andrew, you are eating next week. You will read the question. I, having eaten pizza first, I go first because I ate pizza this week. John goes second because he rigs the poll. Wins, wins <laughs> Chris, uh, careful what you say here. Because you might feel the wrath of the fucking big machine. Yeah. You. Well, I'll know when uh, by the second I see the phrasing on the the pizza bowl. Um, all right. So, Andrew, <clears throat> since John wasn't ready, and he hasn't even removed last week's question yet, this is the kind of prep that. Why do I. I'm not the keeper of all the poll questions. But I always weave it there so that you can go in and get it correct when you put the poll together. I read it in my all notes. Right. Andrew, there are 50 questions in the list. Oh, 50. Number four. Whoa. All right. If you will read that. Do you want me to read it to you? You got it? No, I got it. Um, pizza poll number four. What is oh this is very timely because we were just talking wow. about this. What is the best hot dog condiment? And Chris will start us off. Yes. Wow, Ooh, this is interesting. This could be divisive because you know what? No, it's not gonna be divisive because I told myself I would now answer with my heart and not what I think will win the poll. And there is one condiment. That reigns supreme in hot dog land. Don't you? That is ketchup. It's ketchup. Some people are going to disagree, and there are other toppings I like more. But a ketchup can be the only condiment on a hot dog, and you can still work with it. So we'll go through the other ones I like. But to me, ketchup—it's the most versatile. And if I'm stuck with just one, ketchup gets me what I need. That's fair. I mean, that you went with the fastball. That's, I don't think I did. I think people would disagree that that's the fastball. For a hot dog? Ketchup. It's, it's Regardless, whatever. I wasn't going to pick ketchup because to me, what makes a hot dog a hot dog is specifically, to the best of my knowledge, the one condiment that is only eaten on hot dogs. And that is relish. Because I don't know any other food that you put relish on except for a hot dog. And I love a hot dog with relish. To me, it makes the hot dog a good hot dog. So I'm going with relish. Wow, that's a sleeper pick. I thought the obvious other answer was ke- or, uh, mustard. Yeah. So shout out to dad and his mustard loving self. Um, they're all great though. Like I could argue every condiment. So my favorite hot dog has ketchup, relish, mustard, and white onion. Oh yeah. That was my. That is my yeah. favorite. But you can't so, just do just onion if you got cut down. To I know. Them. But what is the best hot dog condiment? Chopped I would onion. argue. 
like you could argue best in a couple different ways. And Chris, your point, yes. I think is well taken. If it was the only condiment, you'd have to argue the best condiment could exist on a hot dog by itself. So yeah. I don't know if relish is the answer though, in that, in that regard. Probably is not in that vein. But here's my problem with relish. It varies a lot depending on the brand. Sweetness, yeah. Dill relish. Dill relish is the way to go. I like mustard. Oh. (laughs) And then what What was was going on there? That was crazy. So I put my foot up. I hit the lever on my chair, which shot me down. But it got (laughs) caught because my foot was like perfectly vertical. Got caught on the lever, and then I sprung sideways and hit my. <laughs> that was crazy. You okay? Was... Yeah, I'm good. That is like I thought your chair like broke through. Um, here's my problem with ketchup. One, too sweet. Mustard relish is actually the best relish in my opinion. Ketchup is no. You mean relish is too sweet? Yeah, that's what I meant. Relish is too sweet. Mustard relish is the best. Also, with relish, sometimes which. I mean, obviously, most people do. You keep relish in the fridge. It's too cold. So when you get a hot dog from a place and they just have relish out, and that I like more than cold fridge relish. My other issue with relish is that because you only eat it on hot dogs, how old is that relish in your fridge? And how crusty is it around the ring? I use jars. I go squeeze, but... The here's, the, here's the thing. I I have never in my life had homemade relish. So I think like in my mind, that could really elevate if you just chop up like food process some pickles, right? Because some relish is like too like um what is the green goo gel like yeah, gooey. Like what like <laughs> what s- is that? Green goo. Fil- it's fil- relish is pickles, yeah, jarred. If you were to make your own it's pickles, onion. There's like seasonings in there. Yeah, and probably like um some vinegar and you know stuff like yeah. some extra wow. bite. I'm gonna have to do some home. I'm but really squeeze relish. Gross. Squeeze relish, get out. John, if you need to use relish for something else, tartar sauce, if you ever need to make your own. It's rare, but it does making your own tartar sauce is easy and it tastes way better than just buying it. Two, I put nice. relish on hamburgers. It's better than a pickle on a hamburger. It spreads more evenly. It doesn't slide around. So I urge people, if they like pickles on hamburgers, to just put relish on it. It tastes a lot better. Hmm. That seems like a psycho move. I'm not going to suggest people also, do that. Also, if you want to know a real psycho move, Andrew, I think you do this. Tuna with a bit of relish with oh, a bit yeah. of Italian dressing in there. And you eat that with some Ritz crackers. That's where it's at. That feels like it's too salty. Way it would sound gross. It's I don't put mayonnaise in tuna. Just a little salad dressing, a little relish. You're good to go. Yeah, relish transcends just classic canned tuna fish. Um, this is making me hungry. Not gonna lie, I didn't really right have now. a big dinner. I'm <clears> really <throat> hungry right now. Um, we talked about the Costco hot dog, so it came back around. It was meant to be. Um. Yeah, starving. So, well done. I it'll be an interesting pull if John yeah. happens to write the answers correctly in the box. And I want ketchup, not catsup or <laughs> fancy K- catsup. You're gonna get C A T C H dash U B. And I will. Last I even thing, gave Heinz, you the smart graphic. Heinz ketchup <laughs> is 
there is a difference. Heinz ketchup is the best. Bar none. I don't buy off. That's the one thing I'll pay for the brand name for. Trader Joe's makes a ketchup that's kind of grainy. Trader Jones out of my face. <laughs> Trader Jones. Hello, Trader Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Trader Joe, yeah, get him out, get him out of my face. Did do you like it, John? I'm I'm intrigued to try because I, I actually I have gotten um like fancy ketchup once, like you know, like an eight dollar jar, like a glass mm. bottle or something, or maybe not eight bucks, but more expensive, and it was good because it was less um preservatives and all that. But yeah, most of the foods, like I think to Chris's point most of the foods you eat ketchup with it's you don't you're not elevating yeah. the experience of the food with the ketchup it's just part of the flavor experience so long story short how is the trader joe's grainy ketchup john i mean it's good worth, worth it's, trying yeah it's like you know you don't luckily you know when you go to squirt out the ketchup you don't get a tablespoon of water that comes out first so that's always good do you refrigerate your do you refrigerate it Refrigerate what? The ketchup. Yeah. I don't refrigerate ketchup anymore. Why? Tastes better when it's not cold. You, want you don't need to. Illness? It doesn't, unless you have it in there for like six months. Change. Look, look it up. Don't you don't need ketchup. to refrigerate. How much ketchup are you using? Not. All, I don't buy the big bottle. I buy the mm. small one. I'm pretty sure you have to refrigerate ketchup after you open it. Don't it have says to keep refrigerated on it. It's suggested that you refrigerate it. Heinz does. If you look up Heinz, look it up. Does a restaurant refrigerate ketchup, John? Let me ask you that. I don't know. I wouldn't know. No, they I don't, don't work in a restaurant. I'll answer. I'll answer that for you too. No, they don't. If you go through it fast enough, you don't need to refrigerate. Yeah, thirty days. It says thirty days. You have to consume it. Otherwise, you should refrigerate. I'm just telling you, I'm not eating day 29 unrefrigerated ketchup. I'm not. I'm putting it in the fridge. I take it out and I let it it free rise. I'm not going to warm my ketchup up. Get out of here. What are you talking about? You When you go to get the cheese for the burgers on your buns is when you get all your condiments out and stick them outside on the in the hot sun. They warm up perfectly. Do you think it's better to heat, unheat, heat, cool, heat? You want to put it through a freeze-thaw cycle? Yeah, That's healthier than just leaving it in a cupboard? It actually is better. No. Chris, someone well, listen, just bought a butter bell. Yeah. You think you'd have a little that's, more. What care? do you mean? That's a similar concept. <clears throat> no, it's not. Your ketchup is not water sealed. My ketchup is composed of vinegar. The difference, no, no, there's a lot of sugar. That's the food source for bacteria. I don't know what the pH yeah. of ketchup is. That's the one thing maybe to check. It's under like 4.5, then you should be okay. But if it's not, then, and I don't know if it would be with all that sugar, you could get an illness. Let me, what if I, if ketchup takes me out, listen, if you play by every rule, you're not going to enjoy life. So when I make things with ketchup and I just reach into the cupboard and it's the perfect temp, and then I put it back in, beautiful. That's all I'm saying. Does Subway refrigerate their ketchup? I don't think they refrigerate their meat, so probably not. <laughs> I just got Subway today. I went veggie, veggie delight. There's a Chris Kaz. Best, the best sandwich. No green peppers, fantastic. though. <clears throat> did you get no green I did, peppers? I did green peppers. 
I do. Uh, did you um, add jalapeno? They didn't have jalapeno. I added banana peppers. Um, yep. I just oh, make yeah. my own. I make my own. I don't put tomatoes on there because tomatoes are trash. What? I, what? I did have a good. Um, I don't know what you're doing. I do the sandwich. Southwest sauce. Yeah, I do everything like. except green peppers. Add a little Southwest. Oh, oil and vinegar, Best. salt and pepper. Starving. Salt and pepper. Starving. That's we got to wrap this move. baby up because I got. Yeah, I want a hot dog. I don't have any hot dogs, but I can go for a hot dog. It's also one of. How the about mornings. this hot dog? Just cha cha cha. You do a little stabby stab with the fucking fork, and you pop it in the microwave for three seconds at a time. <laughs> I wrap mine in a paper towel. I don't Why? Like so it'll let them fire? Dogs. No, so that's how you cook them. You wrap them up. I mean, really, I grill them. It's rare that I would microwave a hot dog in this day and age. I don't have a grill. If you air fry a hot air dog, fry. it's so good. I just, just put it right on the oven. I turn the oven on 550 degrees and just throw them in there. <laughs> put a hot dog in the <laughs> oven? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Toaster oven, I guess you do. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. He loves the toaster oven. He shits on it for 10 years, and then he gets one, and that's all he talks about. I didn't understand. I said I didn't understand, and then I got one. John, you also said that about Apple products, so don't even. I did. Don't yeah. even. Cry. <laughs> who, I did. Yeah, and then your iPhone. fucking hand-me-down droid started sending emails like <laughs> randomly from like five years ago, and I had to turn it off and trade it in. <laughs> Well, since we're in the outro, I do have something to share or to tease. So this week, we will have a special takeover of the Instagram by someone or something related to this oh. episode. So stay tuned for that. Every photo on the Instagram this week will be themed as what I just said. So mm. write it down. Take it to the bank. Carry the one. That's it. Nice. Very nice. <clears throat> well, John, anything? Any last words? Um, I believe since we last spoke, I had two cavities filled. Wow. So unbelievable. That Christmas candy really got to you, John. Those uh, lint peppermint squares that you love so much gave you cavities. Unbelievable. Johnny now no had, cavities now has cavities. I've had many. I've had a myriad cavities, and two of them were from flossing. Were flossing related, which is fucking bullshit. Because I floss every day, and the fact that you still get cavities blows my mind. So you floss children, too much, and it gave you a cavity. How does that? No, I, I don't know. I guess I'm not. Not only do you have to floss every day, but you have to floss well. You can't just half-ass it. So even if you're flossing, you got to make sure you're actually doing thought. it. Can't just go here's the, here's the thing. Yeah, flossing. If if you were if I was so rich, uh, I didn't need to worry like even think about money. I would legitimately pay a dentist to clean my teeth like professionally every day, including flossing. My dentist floss flosses my teeth after my cleaning. My whole head shakes when they do it. Yeah, yeah, because they can get you can get a different angle when you're not yeah, flossing your own saying. face. Yeah, the back teeth are impossible to floss. They are. They Even the floss there, pickers like. get like stuck, and then I'm jabbing myself in the cheek, bleeding everywhere. How about so, Andrew? Get this. I'm going to the dentist every three months. I was. I had done that actually. Um, 
Wow. It's covered. I don't know. Yeah. I can't even get a fucking dentist appointment. It's like six months out every time I book. (laughs) Going every three months, baby. I was doing every four because I was mixing in one of my own because I get two, what is it, two cleanings a year. And then I was adding a third, like just out of pocket. And my dentist told me I didn't need it. So they actually told me like it's a waste to just come back at six months instead of four. Hmm. Unbelievable. Well, so healthy teeth, hopefully, to eat oh, a lot of pizza in the new year. I have one other thing. Sorry. I know Andrew's hungry. So I am taking a shower this morning <clears throat> and I look down. I'm going to send you guys a photo right now. Sounds like to be what? A yeah, I don't know if we want this. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a rock in my shower that looks stunningly like a ninja turtle. Like, to be clear, John has a stone floor yeah, like, shower. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Not ideal. Oh uh, yeah, honestly. The white band. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Center, yeah. Dead like a, side, a side profile, yeah. Yeah, like a side profile, a little smile if, and a bandana. If you kind of turn it yeah, this way, too, in a way, it looks like it's going to spin the head. Oh, yeah, the head. Yeah, the cheeks puff out to the side. Yeah, the cheeks on the side. Oh, yeah. Like that way. So, wow. yeah. Anyways. Cool. Serendipity, if you will. Serendipity too. And Marshall signals the end. He's like Porky the Pig at the end of the Looney Tunes. When Marshall pops in. John. We wear that we'll out, Andrew. We'll, yeah, we'll have to put a uh, <laughs> yeah. slur or star or something over there. All right. You can get shadow banned. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Andrew, you host next week, I believe. I forget the name of the episode. Uh, the hot kimono, the case of the hot kimono. Ooh. Don't ooh. look ahead, but we may get a a reserve villain making an appearance or an old time villain making an appearance. So just keep, keep that in mind. Exciting. All right. Well, we will see you guys in a week. Cowabunga. Au revoir.